I'd like to ask each of you what it is you value so highly that you are willing to fight and possibly die for. There are only a few hundred of us. They are nearly 4,000 strong. But if you wish to stay here, in the Alamo, we will show the world what patriots are made of. We're going to need a lot more men. You will remember this battle. Remember each minute till the day that you die. Remember the Alamo. Welcome to Goy Fire. This is our 30th show. We are a member of the Vanguard News Network. In case you're tuning in for the first time, you can check out our webpage at govnn.com. This is a political roundtable with Alex Linder. Hello. Chain usually is, is in the form. He's traveling at the moment, uh, but we hope to have him back soon. Tonight on standby is Stan. Greetings, white folks. Stan, our engineer and uh, uh, the backbone of uh, our technical progress thus far in the studio tonight. Uh, we have a quite a lineup of topics that are important to you as a white person or an Anglo or a Germanic or gringo a dirty gringo they like to call us I would like to emphasize the go in the gringo <laughs> greenhorn this is not a continent we must get out of here oh Pedro is in the studio thank you no. I do appreciate the acknowledgement yes Pedro so uh, right, we have uh, Mexicans all over the place, if you haven't noticed, uh, in our multicultural society. But we had a lot of value. Right, exactly. Wi-Fi would come to a stop if it was not for me. Working off your sweat, right, Pedro? All I want doing, to doing jobs white Americans won't do for themselves. Pedro. What, do you think the pool cleans itself? <laughs> the grass is not self-cutting. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> All right, that's enough, Pedro. Now, just uh, yeah. <laughs> the humans are taking. <laughs> okay. Well, we have uh, the Mexicans are are rioting as we speak. We have Mexicans in the news. We'll be covering that in more detail, greater detail. Our California and Western listeners, uh, I'm sure, are pretty <laughs> well up to date. But we'll be listening in with. Great interest of what we have to say uh, and, and what we've discovered on our end. Uh, our news network people who, who send us letters and, and notes and news links. Uh, also, the political situation uh, that, that is behind this uh, 
human catastrophe, national catastrophe, however you want to call it. Uh, APAC is in the news, along with a new study uh, by Mearsheimer and Walt. And we'll be briefly touching upon the AMREN conference, uh, as well as the death of a one Verba, a key witness in the Zundel trial and Holocaust uh, reporter. Uh, we've got uh, an Australia freedom of speech uh, issue that we uh, would like to uh, discuss in further detail. And a Duke rape that perhaps you've heard about. Uh, this was a alleged uh, rape. An alleged gang rape by white uh, jocks on a black girl. Soon to be a Memorex hate crime. We will be looking into that in further detail. As well as our wacky Nigerian friends, uh, Mugabe. Wrapping up the show, we'll let you know all of the new things that we're involved with at VNN.com, uh, including sunlitheights.com, uh, the all-star blog uh, in the background of VNN. So, uh, yes, going back to our top story tonight, Mexicans and uh, a Senate vote on immigration. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Bill Frist said today he wants a full Senate vote on an immigration bill this week and believes that urgent action is needed despite sharp divisions over whether proposed legislation would amount to amnesty. Quote, there are three million people every year cross, coming across our borders illegally. We don't know who they are. We don't know what their intentions are. We absolutely must address it, said Frist, Republican Tennessee. I hope by Friday that we will have a bill on the floor that is comprehensive. Chief sponsor of the House bill, meanwhile, also called on the Senate to avoid deadlock so lawmakers in both houses can start work on reaching a compromise, quote, for our national security and our economic well-being. The Senate Judiciary Committee last week approved a bill aimed at strengthening enforcement of U.S. borders, regulating the flow into the country of so-called guest workers, and determining the legal future of the illegal population scattered across all 50 states. Uh, the Senate version, which passed 12-6 in committee and was broadly endorsed by President Bush, goes further than the House bill that imposes criminal penalties proposes building a fence along the borders and is limited to enforcement. Yes. Uh, have you guys been following this in any detail? Yeah. We see once again, you know, there's lots of debate over amnesty and what we should do and whether it amounts to amnesty. But the bottom line here is we, we <coughs> are being unmade as a nation. These Mexicans, and they think of themselves as Mexicans, not Americans. It's purely a political act. They have any uh, American flags at all at their rallies. But they con they convened, uh, according to the Jew media, they, there were 500,000, and the Mexicans were claiming there were 700,000 or even a million. But there was a very impressive number of people gathered in a very short span of time out in L.A. in their remarkable photographs. 
the type of photographs that show the extent of the crowd, such as the, the Jew press would never run if they were, say, anti-abortion or if there were people joining to protest any cause the Jews did not support. Well, what we know here at Goyfire, and if you, you first-time listeners need to know if you don't know, and the most important thing we can tell you is that our immigration policies went from almost totally only allowing whites in the country before 1965 to allowing virtually no one but non-whites into the country after 65 as a result of Jewish political pressure. Jews rewrote our immigration laws and have since 65, when, when, they, when they switched the law, they've let in about 35 million people, more than 90% of whom are third worlders. And that explains why America today is, is more or less a grab bag of uh, not very appealing people. And, and then the, the, uh, the majority continues to be white, but you know, the, it's shrinking fairly quickly. And the media does everything to make it appear that whites are dinosaurs and they're on the way out. And, uh, yes, this is due to Jews, and that's what you will not hear from the conservatives when they discuss this. They'll talk about citizenship and nationality and what have you, but those are secondary questions. The, the, the lower-level stuff is most important. Nation comes from, the root of the word deals with birth. That means it's people of common birth. That means it's an extended family or a group of clans that are biologically related that feel themselves distinct from other people. Now, what the Jews have tried to done tried to do is destroy the idea that America is a land of blood and soil like every other and claim that it's a proposition nation. And all you have to do is believe something, and you're as good as any other American. And they've used this lie as the basis for rewriting our national history and our immigration policies. The vast majority of white people, uh, however much we might think of them as lemmings or, or TV-addled, have never wanted third-world immigration. They correctly see that it will do nothing but cause problems. But uh, nevertheless, their will has never been reflected. Not a single politician will stand up and say, we don't want immigration because it's not good for white people. Not a single person will say that. And even though that's how at least probably 80% of white Americans do not want this massive immigration from the third world, they don't want it. We don't need any immigration at all. It doesn't help us. And, but the only way you will ever see it debated is is as insofar as the economic effects, which doesn't truly doesn't matter. Um, right. If uh, Again, I just saw a line in the sand, uh, which is now a free uh, download yeah. from yagsrailfilms.com. No, no, no. It's it. Yeah. Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil, yeah. Yggdrasil is a, a, it's a word for the tree of life in Nordic myth, Y-G-G... D-R-A-S-I-L. Yggdrasil has uh, bought the line in the sand from Byron Jost, who we've had on here on Goyfire in the past, we'll have on in the future. And Yggdrasil has made it a free uh, download. And uh, go, to, uh, go to our uh, blog, sunlitheights.com, at sunlitheights.com, which is a, uh, our formal blog or polite one where we don't use slurs and we don't use uh, obscenities, but uh, for those of you who are easily offended <laughs> and might not prefer the, it, the exact same content as the main page but uh, more formal in expression go there and and look up line in the sand do a search or what have you and uh, you can download that for free or if you want to buy a copy we sell copies at our new store at buywhite.net which we're just getting started and uh, 
Anyway, uh, Byron's now at work in the second project. We'll have him on later to talk about it. But you can you can view that film for free, and it's it's the only film ever made in which the Jewish roots of our national immigration disaster are discussed. And right. what that means is there are people on camera interviewed, principally Kevin McDonald, who explains that Jews see diversity as good for Jews. And so they wanted to, that's the root of the lying about who we are as a people, and that's the root of their overturning our border policy to let in all these non-whites so that right. they feel safer. Yeah, How do you feel, that. though? Do you feel safer with all these Mexicans around who rape and murder like we reported in Vienna? No, you don't, you don't feel safer. You feel less safe. You, you don't bring in tens of millions of, of, of people with an utterly different culture and people with very low IQs, and Mexicans only have a little bit higher IQs than blacks, and they have all kinds of social problems, and they, they utterly drain the resources that could be spent on your kid, and they're used for their kids, and they don't pay for most of that. They go to the hospitals, they don't pay for that. You pay for that. That's extracted from white middle-class taxpayers and turned over to third-world coloreds. And the Jews hide all that, and to the extent you resist, they try to condition the, the, the words and, and arguments that you use so that you, they want you to be scared. They don't want you to speak up straightforwardly and say, look, I'm white. This is no good for me and my race and my community. They want you to say, well, they want you to, to, to virtue into economic matters and <clears throat> talking about whether it's good for the economy. That's irrelevant. Race is what matters. And we see the power. I mean, these people breed. I mean, they have a, you put half a million in the street, you got a lot of power. And like the guy over at Boste Aslan, who's a, a Mexican irredentist, a Mexican nationalist, says, you know, we have enough power, we can determine our future apart from the white power structure and apart from the Jewish power structure. And that's increasingly how they're going to talk. And you got another professor uh, at, at a state-run college in Texas saying, going so far as to say that we have to kill these gringos if need be. You see, their, their intent is to hound us to death, to retake over the continent. And it's not just the Southwest. That's what these idiots don't see. But these people, oh, the U.S. is going to split up into little, into little regions. Well, why is it going to split up? The only thing that's happening is whites are declining and more and more coloreds are pouring in. Why are they going to settle for any one area? Why wouldn't they take the whole area? So there's, there's no logical answer to that. There's no, there's no logical cutoff to the in-streaming of the third world. As people have pointed out, there's, what, 6 billion people on Earth. 5 billion of them would improve their economic uh, position by moving to the U.S. So there is no point at which this, will, this influx of coloreds will stop. And now we're getting, you know, these debates in Washington. Oh, is this amnesty? Is it not? What should we do about it? Look, the laws are on the books that prevent people from coming here legally, but they're not enforced. And it's not a matter of will, as the conservatives tell you. It's, it's a matter of the Jews controlling the country and finding it in their interest to allow those people to come in and so preventing the border force from doing its job. And that's what the new, the, the patriotards and the free republic people and the, uh, the conservatives will not tell you. Now, some of the ones who start off as patriotards but who actually are down there in the border, they come to understand the Jewish thing and they come the white nationalist direction over time. But the official people who speak against this invasion are still deathly afraid of pointing out the Jewish connection, which is all important. I refer specifically to Tom Tancredo, who uh, wrote a press release distancing himself from the line in the sand. There are some clips from a public press conference that Byron used in the film, and uh, he's very afraid that he'll be associated with it, and he demanded, he actually tried to censor the film. He tried to scare Byron out of distributing it. He tried to, he tried to scare... Uh, 
he tried to make him remove the the clips of himself speaking at a, at a press conference, even though you know he obviously had no leg to stand on and was doing it purely as a political move to distance himself from the film. He's that afraid of being called a racist. Look, the Mexicans aren't af- afraid to stand out there and say we are for the rata, hombre. And this even goes so far as uh, George P. Bush, who is the uh, half uh, South American uh, little brown one who's related to the Bushes, who they're clearly positioning as some sort of eventual uh, political candidate when America becomes a, when whites become a minority in America in another 20, 30 years. Point is that these people, he will proudly get up there with George Bush and talk about La Raza. My mom told me to watch out for the interests of La Raza. Well, who's looking out for the interests of your race, white man? We hear it goyfire, and that's about it. The rest of them are all, they're de-balled. They're, they're, they're talking in purely political terms. Look, the laws are in the books. They passed a law in 86, the Immigration Reform and Control Act, that uh, gave huge fines to employers for employing uh, illegals, but they just don't enforce it. So, you know, you can write any law you want, and you can put out any cover story you want to the public, but unless you do something about it, unless the men are disposed to obey the law and enforce the law, it has no weight the conservatives get fixated on, oh, we got a constitution. Look, the constitution can't enforce itself. All those words are, they may express the, 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 the intent of the people who wrote them, but if, if men of different character follow them, succeed them, and, and, and take over office and don't want to enforce that, then, if anything, the, the paper is worse than nothing because it makes it look like, like laws being followed. But the fact is, if you got the feet on the ground, you got the power, the racial power the Mexicans have is real, and we whites don't have equivalent power. We're, we're lost debating laws. And, you know, they, they keep coming in. It's white against Jew. The Jews are letting in the Mexicans because it's good for Jews. That's what you'll never see in the mainstream media. And it's, but as you can tell, simply from looking outside your window, they are radically remaking America, in fact, destroying it. And in regard to uh, uh, Jew manipulation of, of uh, immigration laws, uh, Antiochus uh, Epiphanes on the VNNforum.com, he snagged a uh, forward.com uh, report, uh, Immigration Bill Draws Jewish Support. Let me just pick out a, uh, a couple of paragraphs here. Uh, Friss approach was blasted by the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, the organization that tends to set policy for the Jewish community. HIAS is part of faith-based coalitions supporting the more liberal approaches to immigration reform proposed by Senator Edward Kennedy and Senator John McCain, two of 11, as far as I'm concerned, traitors to our country. In a statement, they criticized Frist Bill for continuing the House's piecemeal and punitive approach with provisions that would negatively affect the lives of legal immigrants, asylum seekers, citizens, and business owners. And then uh, Richard Fulton, Legislative Director and Counsel of the American Jewish Committee, a group that often is hawkish on security, said the relatively liberal bill that was passed by the Judiciary Committee was on the right approach. It strikes the right note in striving for the appropriate balance of enhancing our national security while protecting those who are most vulnerable in our society through earned legalization and increased worker protections. So they got their little fingers, or fat fingers, I should say, in this uh, this whole Im- immigration pie, and they're they're setting the policy and telling our our uh, politicians mm-hmm. how to how to act and react. Right. Well, that's the great thing about uh, Kevin McDonald and also the film Line in the Sand, and that he is. Uh, I still have that movie fresh in my mind, and he mentioned specifically uh, the 1924 
immigration bill, and then the fight in 1952. Again, both times European America said this is going to be a European country. We have an ethnic interest to keep it that way. And the whole time the Jews were fighting against it, fighting against it until they overturned it in 1965 with the uh, Chain Immigrant or Chain Immigrant Act. And do they stop there? No. no. They're still fighting. They're still fighting. Today, now they're letting the Mexicans in. The Mexicans, oh, it's not just in the border states. It's all the way the fuck up in New Jersey and Maine. It's going to be the whole north, northern hemisphere. And even then, they're not going to be happy. They're going to want the Haitians in here. They're going to want the Chinese, you name it. It's not going to end unless somebody says, this is it. This is the line. You know, no Jews just right. Yeah, and they, uh, that, that's a good point, is that these Jews are barely off the boat in 1900 when they, they they were denouncing at those congressional hearings they were denouncing the white men who were the you know the sons of the founders of the country as, as these evil racists and these vicious nordic nordic supremacists and you'll even find back then though the, the whites in congress on the defense are saying no we're not racist we just want to, we would just want to keep you know the stocks the way they are so that the nation doesn't get upset but the jews already all the jews do is attack they attack as a group and they try to put the other guy in the defensive, and they never they never defend their position with any reason or logic. It's purely attacks on the other guy, and that's what the Nazis in Germany figured out, and that's what the nationalists around the world eventually come to discover. That's why the Nazis are so demonized because they see that look, this is how the Jew operates. He's just a liar. I mean, the Jew is simply the Jew is essentially. Uh, uh, <laughs> I say this as an atheist. The Jew is essentially the devil. I mean, what he does is satanic. They destroy nations to make it comfortable for themselves. And that means bringing in these people who have nothing to do with America and, in fact, as you can prove from our website, routinely rape, murder, rob. And even when they aren't doing that, they just make things a lot nastier by trashing things, either with their, their literally physically trashing them or simply by listening to their crap music that no one wants to hear and, and you know turning up the volume in their car so you get, get to enjoy it too. And this is called nation wrecking. It's what the Jews have always done. And, you know, they came, come into our country and they're denouncing our Congress right off the boat for not rewriting immigration law the way they think it ought to be. And it, it doesn't end because they, they not only do they try to change the law, but they try to change the law to prevent anyone from criticizing them for what they're doing or even speaking about it openly, as we'll see later on Roy Fire. They don't want anybody, they don't want a white nation and they don't want freedom of speech and they don't want anybody owning the gun. All they want is just slaves of the Jews, essentially. They want you doing what they say, which is basically, you know, breeding with blacks, and, and that's about it, until you no longer exist, and then they'll have driven us out of business like so many other races, as they claim they've recorded in the Bible, and, and as most of their holidays celebrate, you know, the destruction of people who uh, stood against them. The Jew is your enemy. If you take nothing else from Goy Fire, that's what you need to know. Yeah, well, it's strange because most nations, you could say, are, are selfish to a certain extent. You say the French are for the French, the Britain for the Brit. Well, the Jew actually goes to other nations and stays selfish and tries to, to rip them off and corrupt them in their very own homelands. And that's, mm -hmm. that's something no other nation really does. Um, no, they're, yeah, and then they get kicked out of, they've been kicked out of hundreds of places. And then when they get kicked out, <clears throat> they, uh, 
this is what's so funny. All, all the columnists will write, you know, oh, they'll write is like it's a criticism of the people who kicked the Jews out, but the Jews have been kicked out by every people on earth they've ever settled among. So either you have to believe everybody on earth is wrong, or you have to believe the Jews are wrong. <laughs> and, and if you don't think Jews control the media, then ask how come every single, I call them Ashkenazi appeaser out there, always sides with the Jews that, yeah, the Jews are these poor put-upon people who are just, you know, they're bringing light to the world, and wherever they go, people just react with hatred towards them, and it has nothing to do with any, any, anything that the Jews do. It's off the table ever to consider Jewish behavior. This is the outrage of our times. These people are murdering America. There's no other way to put it. McDonald explains why they think it's in their interest, but, you know, that's uh, ultimately... That's good to know intellectually, but we, all we need to know is Jews mean us harm. Jews mean you, the listener to Goyfire, harm. They mean harm for your son, harm for your daughter, harm for your wife, harm for you, harm for your neighborhood, harm for your city, harm for your nation. They're nation wreckers. Okay? And we need to take our country back from the Jews or else we'll just become the third world like everyone else. Yeah, no, large, I think large stretches we already are. Right. I think that is really the, the challenge of our time, if not taking back our country at first, uh, recreating a state within a state, uh, a white state, uh, that will eventually take on the reins of state power. Um, but just getting ourselves organized into a fighting unit uh, and a fighting collective is, is job number one. Uh, and the Jews these. do everything they can. You're right. They do everything they can to suppress us in that regard. A large part of their success, their, their being very small in number, is preventing the majority from uh, having any kind of group consciousness. Yeah. So or the reacted. one thing that's never... Yeah. yeah but, well, yeah. Any kind of reaction is anti-Semitism, but even simple white identity is called hate. Think about that. If you said you're a hate because you identify with other Jews more than other people... Uh, they wouldn't accept that. Well, we shouldn't accept it either. And uh, their their whole thing is aimed at denying us any way to defend ourselves, whether with words or with weapons. They want to get rid of the First and Second Amendment. What, what they want is only, they think that only uh, Diane Feinstein's uh, thugs should be able to carry guns. They certainly don't think a white man like you should be able to carry guns. And they don't think you should have freedom of speech to criticize them either. They constantly work against it and, and try to get uh, hate crimes restrictions passed. And people who prevent you from defending yourself are attacking you. They mean you ill. They want, they want to dictate to you and tell you how you're going to live under what conditions and use their TV to do that. And their TV persuades you that everybody else thinks the way that they do and uh, unman you in your own country. And that's what they've done. And that's what we're fighting back against. You know, they right. elect I mean, new people with immigration, and, and they get rid of the they get rid of the Bill of Rights while keeping the words. They just redefine it. It's called revolution within the form. Aristotle mentioned it probably before anyone, but it's 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 you know the cheap Zelensky parts in a Callahan box. If you've seen the movie Tommy Boy, as many people have not, but uh, yeah, it's it's the same thing. They keep the form that the average American is accustomed to, but they fill it with their own content. So it, it's just, you know, it's, it's for the intellectuals, it's the uh, esoteric versus the exoteric. The esoteric is the real meaning of what they say, but it's hidden and it's inside and it's known only to a few. Uh, so, uh, the exoteric is, is the mass message put out to the idiots. So, so they, the Jews demolished the World Trade Center in order to get 
the, the exoteric meaning of it is we are under attack by Muslims. We must fight back. Then they coined the phrase Islamo-fascist to get the idiots thinking, gee, Islamo, that's, that's like German fascist. We better destroy the Iranians like we destroyed Germany because they mean to harm us. See, that's the exoteric, the external message for the idiots, but their internal message is what you know if you research it is the Jews did it. The Mossad has a history of false flags just like World Trade Center, and they demolished it to get us into a war against their enemies that they think potentially threaten Israel. This comes from uh, Strauss, who's a, a, a German Jew, like so many of these uh, tr- trouble causers who came over here and uh, theorized that the, the mass must be lied to and they must be led around by a group of insiders who know the real story. And that's what the uh, World Trade Center demolitions was. Now, my point is that they, they work on multiple fronts at the same time they, to physically change the stock of America from a Germanic stock to a third world stock. And they ceaselessly p- pump the race-mixing propaganda. Is any, anybody... Even if you don't agree with me, you listening to this, and I hope we have some people from, from across the spectrum. I, I'm pretty sure we do, including from uh, unfree Europe where you aren't allowed to criticize Jews because it's against the law. Yeah, they work full-spectrum hostility to whites, and that's why you see blacks and blondes just ubiquitously. In fact, a lot of times what you see, they, they will filter this into the uh, into the background a lot of times. You'll see, it's a clever sort of Jewish strategy, you'll see... Uh, you know, maybe there's a couple white characters on there discussing something that's non-political and not really related to our concerns. But in the background, almost not noticeable, you'll see like a, a very dark black talking to a very white blonde. You'll see that same sort of interracial coupling filtered through the background of, say, car commercials, too. So it subtly suggests, you, oh, yeah, that's just normal. That's just normal. Yeah, white women want to go with blacks. That's just that's how it is. They're very much encouraging race mixing, which they know is destructive to whites. And they're encouraging it because it's destructive to whites. People who want to destroy you are not your friends. They're not your fellow countrymen. They're a hostile element that you need to deal with. And the conservatives will never tell you any of this because the ones who are employed want to stay employed. And, and so, although the right seems to be, it seems to be in opposition to the left, it isn't. It's part of the same problem. And only the white nationalists have the accurate description of the problem and the solution to it which is identifying as whites and destroying the Jews who are wrecking our nations. Boy, I'm being long-winded today. You guys <laughs> got to jump in. Without Craig here to uh, hop in and, and interrupt me, I'm liable uh, to talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, well, that brings us to the APAC. Uh, this ties in nicely. I, I thought it was just uh, very topical what you were describing. APAC held its largest ever annual policy conference in Washington, D.C., uh, for those who don't know, uh, APAC is the American-Israel uh, Political Action Committee. It held its largest ever annual policy conference in Washington, D.C. in March, drawing more than 5,000 pro-Israel activists from all 50 states and several foreign countries. More than 1,000 students, including 130 student government presidents, attended the conference. Delegates heard addresses from top American and Israeli policymakers. They also had the opportunity to attend more than 100 breakout sessions led by top experts in fields related to U.S. policy toward the Middle East. Uh, among the speakers from... Uh, 
Richard B. Cheney, Vice President of the United States, uh, was uh, Newt Gingrich, uh, uh, was another name, John Edwards, uh, Shai Feldman of, of uh, uh, Brandeis University. Um, the, the list goes on and on. If you don't believe me, check out the website at apac.org. That's A-I-P-A-C dot O-R-G. Like AIDS and with the DS, right? Right. This, this would be the Jewish group that, that two-thirds of Congress attends their meetings, and yet we've got numerous AIDS PAC members who are under investigation for spying and selling our secrets and defense technology to Israel. So the, the, this is a Jewish loyalty. <laughs> Jewish loyalty is a one-way street. There's no such thing as double loyalty, and what they're loyal to is themselves and Israel. Kind of reminds me of the convention scene in uh, They Live with Roddy Piper. You know, you know, Stan. It's funny when you criticize Jews and say, "Well, Jews are no monolith. Jews, Jews have very many different opinions, and yet somehow they're grouped into 500 million associations, and then." They have a Congress, a federation of major Jewish associations, and they have a president. They meet once a year, and they have an actual agenda for the Jew community. Right. They do the same thing in Europe. So they are an organized uh, community with an agenda, and that agenda is anti-white. We call that loxism. That's a word that uh, we resuscitated from the ancient Romans. It used to describe the hatred Jews have for all mankind, uh, white people in specific. It's a word that definitely needs uh, to be reassessed resuscitated yes. and used. You'll notice that you will never, I, I've said this a hundred times, I've never had anybody answer me, have you ever seen any Jew described anywhere as a hater? No. No, it's, it's as unthinkable as saying that, hey, maybe the 200 city, states, and nations that booted Jews out, maybe they had a legitimate complaint, at least you know a little bit of a legitimate complaint about Jewish behavior. You'll never see that in any publication. And you say, oh, Jews control the media, that's a conspiracy. <laughs> It's just that everything operates exactly the same way. And look at, look at where it's leading us. Look at where this media combination, this media concentration, as the left loves to talk about, look at where it's leading us. I mean, what good is happening? Is the U.S. getting better? Do you, do you, is it filled with more attractive and intelligent people every day, or is it filled with scummier, nastier, third world types every day? Essentially, APAC is an unregistered foreign lobby, just like ADL. It's, 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 Israel in America, through money and through control of media, the Jews are able to create an environment in which opposing them is political suicide. And so while there may be a handful who don't actively promote the Jewish agenda and may even oppose it on little bitty particulars, nobody dares to stand up and say and identify these people as Jews who are pursuing an agenda that is hostile to America's true interest and the and the interests of the white race in particular. And yeah. uh, that's, that's why our nation has fallen under a thrall. It's essentially, it's fair to think of it as enslaved. Our political class are all sellouts. I mean, these guys don't have the balls to stand up there and vote for a war in Iran or Iraq. They don't, have the balls to vote. they don't have the balls to vote for or against a war on Iraq. They're afraid to take a position. They just cede it to the president, and the president's an idiot who's run by, by the, the ring of Jews. And, and they write a paper, oh, we think war in Iraq and, and changing all these governments in the Middle East would be good for Israel, so we're going to do it. And none of these guys have the balls to stand up for them, to stand up to them, right. or, or even, even take a position on a vote. They're all, they're all cowards. 
and then yeah, they well, show this by APAC has people being investigated by you know whatever semi-loyal sector of the FBI is left has found that these guys are selling our money and technology to Israel and China and it busts them and then we still have you know half of Congress is going over there to APAC's meeting when they're traitors you know these people are useless well you got to show up or you don't get your political contribution for your re-election what they'll do is anyone who's criticized Israel like Stan says I mean they'll they'll fund the opposition throw them a bunch of money to to defeat you. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Well, we have a, a bombshell study that just came out uh, called the Israel Lobby and U.S. Foreign Policy, a 43-page paper supplemented with 39 pages of endnotes by political science professors John J. Mearsheimer and Stephen M. Walt of the University of Chicago and Harvard, respectively. Um a real bombshell, apparently, yet uh, we haven't been hearing very much about this uh, study uh, that just came out, um, overshadowed by the APAC policy convention. Um, uh, the two professors stacked their argument with negative writings on Israel going back to before its creation. Uh, one waits through comments by Yabotinsky, Shamir, Ben-Gurion, Mayer, and other Zionist leaders invariably reported without context and references to such <laughs> worthies as Norman Finkelstein. <laughs> without context. Yeah. I know that he said, you know, kill every Goyim, but I mean, you need to know the context behind that. I mean, they, the Jews are the people of God. I mean, they have the right to do whatever they want. No one can oppose them and be legitimate. So if they just express their desire to kill every other living two-foot implemented biped on Earth, I mean that's perfectly perfectly right for them. It's ridiculous. But yeah, these guys these guys come out with a study that essentially it, it quotes the same thing. It quotes the Jews. It quotes the Jews and explains what they're up to in just pretty normal language. And of course, that makes them them evil haters. And and immediately the the uh, syndicated columnists. That milieu, which is half Jews and half Jew appeasers, goes nuts. And Harvard immediately, they immediately pressure Harvard, and they get the donors to call up, and that Harvard t- quickly takes its name off this, its logo off this study. So there's an, and, and there was a very telling comment from a Jew in there. He said, he basically said that we don't care what's in the report. What we care is that it has any official authority associated with it. And that's very much how the Jews th- think. The truth doesn't matter to Jews. If, if, you are the only person shouting that what you say is the truth. That's the Jewish position. That's their little political discovery that a lie, if it can be kept up long enough, and if there's no way to counter its propagation, a lie becomes the truth. That's the Jewish, that's what truth is to a Jew. You just have to be the last one standing, the last one shouting and screaming, and, and whatever you say is the truth. So that if whites, whites were to disappear from the face of the earth, they're, the only trace of them that will be left is a bunch of lies about them in, in uh, Jewish textbooks. Yeah, well, we and see that in World War II. Uh, the 50 years after World War II, they're writing uh, fibs about the Holocaust and, and other things. But more on that in a moment. <laughs> Getting yeah, back to the study here, we, we have uh, uh, the statement that they question Israel's status as the only true democracy in the Middle East and argue that, quote, some aspects of Israeli democracy are at odds with core American values. Um, and they mention here the, the apartheid state they more or less have there. Yeah, they take target practice on Palestinians, but, it, but liken 
in Iraq, you don't ever see what's going on in Israel. All you ever get from Israel is reports about how some uh, Palestinians fought back and blew up some Israelis. They always make it look like the Palestinians target, you know, civilians, but in fact, you know, most of the people in Israel go through the military by law. Dr. Ruth Westheimer, she was a sniper. Do you believe it? <laughs> yeah, I can believe it. And this, and what is she? You know, a four-foot-tall woman. Troll. And in, in, in Israel, you see, it, separation is perfectly legal. They can build a huge wall, subsidized with American money, to segregate their community for its own protection. And the Jews, like Horowitz, will say, well, if we didn't do that, the Arabs would drive us into the sea. And yet, if you white man in America say, well, I don't want my daughter being forcibly integrated with niggers who will grope her on the bus and rape her in the stairwell, they say, you're a racist. You're an evil hater. You know, and, and they want to deny you your free speech and your free association that's constitutionally guaranteed to protect yourself and your community from the, the niggers that they lose through civil rights. They gave them yeah. rights, civil, they, they took away white rights and gave blacks privileges to, to rape and attack us. That's what civil right. rights is. They demand yeah. exactly the opposite. It's so boring to point this out. I mean, I said right. it five million times. Well, again, it's, it's true. That's iconic. exactly what's going on. It's complete, it's a complete flip in Israel. Everything right. that white racists are denied here, they champion over there. They don't want you owning a simple gun to defend yourself here, but they let their own teenagers walk around with full automatic weapons in Israel. So they're not, you think they're, they're not for gun control, they're for goy control, right? Gun right. control is goy control. You listen to this, you idiotic white man, you are the goy. They want to control you by not letting you have a gun. It has nothing to do with guns. They love guns when they're Feinstein's bodyguards who have them. They love guns when they're Israeli teens walking around with automatic machine guns. But they don't love guns when they're in your hands because you might use them to fight back against them. We're trying to despoil your territory and, and essentially kill your race off. And again, we see the dichotomy where we have the nationalistic, so-called Zionist Jews, saying, well, they would drive us into the sea, the Arabs. And then we have the diasporic Jews here uh, uh, fighting for the invaders within our own homelands, which is really unique to the Jews, this type of strategy. Yeah, well, they, they, they don't want to be a visible minority. They don't want to stick out. They want to make it very congenial. When you have a grab bag of people then, and no one race is dominant, then the Jews can do be, be the dominant race from behind the scenes. They want all the power, but they don't want to be noticed. And... But in recent years, they've become so powerful and so rich. Uh, they've become pretty brazen. They're they're less concerned about sticking out. I think they feel they even felt decades ago that they'd already passed the tipping point at which a Nazi Aryan majority can prevail. And that's always been their major worry. That's why they their their laxism. They try to destroy white people because they're afraid that whites are eventually going to realize what the Jews are doing to them and stand up to them, right. and realize that people like Ann Coulter and, and Bill O'Reilly and Rush Limbaugh do not represent whites. They're the enemy of whites. They're, they're a co-opted uh, elite. Paid Charlotte. They're appeasers. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. paid to represent the Jewish agenda. All these people, whether they're Protestant preachers or they're syndicated communists, they're all flown, or they're congressmen, they're flown over to Israel and given the grand tour and encouraged, to, encouraged in every possible way to identify with Israel and make Israel's cause their own. And they come back and they do. They're really, the, the Aryan people in a lot of ways are very naive and easily gulled. And they're very easily impressed by things, and they, they don't think them through. And, and the Jews manipulate them to think that Israel is somehow our friend, but it isn't our friend. It's, it's killing us. The Jews are murdering America. 
Yeah, well, we have here a related topic. Amrent had its uh, annual conference, and they also have an article here from the beginning of March, uh, and I quote, For the small, hardy band of right-wing Jews who attended this past weekend's American Renaissance Conference, the biennial gathering of white nationalists ended on a sour note. The event Saturday, February 25th, passed without major incident, but then, late Sunday morning, none other than David Duke approached the microphone on the floor during the question-and-answer session for French writer Gulliam Fay. After congratulating Fay for stirring remarks that touched my genes, quote, Duke asked if there weren't... Oh Lord. <laughs> Duke asked if there weren't an even more insidious threat to the West than Islam. Quote, there is a power in the world that dominates our media, influences our government, and that has led to the internal destruction of our will and our spirit, Duke said. Tell us, tell us, came a call from the back of the room. I'm not going to say it, Duke said, to rising laughter. But Michael Hart, a squat, balding Jewish astrophysicist from Maryland, <laughs> was not amused. <laughs> he rose from his seat, strode toward Duke. Yeah, fucking Nazi, you don't belong here. Yeah. Get out. You disgraced this meeting and exited. <laughs> I see Judge Her Judd Hurst in uh, Independence Day. I see that character. <laughs> knows, yeah. knows better than anybody everything. His yeah, astral, nostrils flaring with actorly ability. <laughs> <laughs> Surfeit of acting talent. <laughs> <laughs> you don't belong here, Mr. Duke. You've shamed and embarrassed us all. All of us white nationalists fighting for a better world. And this is this is uh this is what you get with, you know, your your kosher conservatives masquerading as white nationalists. Where, you know, a guy like David Duke, who's actually tried, and, and there's lots of things I don't like about him, but put those aside. The guy is a fighter for our race. And uh, no matter how much plastic surgery or, or, <laughs> or money he's wasted gambling, the fact is the positive side is huge with this guy. And he really shook up the American system by, uh, he would have been elected if the, uh, it, it took both parties and the, and the media coming down on him to defeat him. Uh, otherwise, he would have been elected senator. And... You know, for this guy to be made to feel uncomfortable get, gathering a supposed white nationalist really makes you wonder if, if what actually is driving uh, Jared Taylor and Amran, and, and it also makes you wonder if whites are just congenitally too fucking stupid to grasp that Jews are the enemy. Okay, they're, they're, I mean, you can't let them in and think that anything that they're let into, they're going to dominate. They have so much money, and they have such exceptional organizing abilities, and they have such a history of knowing how to set these things up that, that you can't let them in and not expect them to take over. And this Jared Taylor <coughs> of unknown antecedents, <laughs> as, as us, as Straub might say, uh, he, he refused a paid ad. He refused money to run a li uh, an ad for the line in the sand, which names the Jew as the root of our immigration problem. So that tells you where he's coming from. He's either a fool or a tool. And I think it's... Uh, it's it's pretty darn telling that even at a white nationalist meeting, you know, a Jew, a, a short, balding little Jew, as even a, a Jewish internal publication described him, feels comfortable just getting up there and, and, and insert, insulting him and shrieking at him. I mean, that that he feels comfortable doing that. And then what you what you see, I saw the reaction on uh, Amron's page uh, to to the Duke uh, thing, and 
And all these Republicans, here's, here's the flip side of their thing. Their whole thing is, oh, well, you have to be respectable. You have to never swear, and you have to wear a nice tie and a nice suit, and you, and you have to be very calm, and you have to make, you have to make lots, lots of reasonable, reasonable arguments. Yeah, yeah, you have to, they have to be properly footnoted. Okay. And, and, and then here's this little Jew who goes off like this, and what do they do? They all jump on Duke. Who did nothing more than pose the obvious and unavoidable question to Guillaume Fay and saying, "Hey, did Jews have any role in in letting the Arabs into Europe?" Which historically they have. You see, so here's the thing: these respectables, the difference between them and cowards, is zero. They are cowards. That's what respectability means. It means cowardice. Yeah. I mean, well, even oh yeah, Duke, you want to dress right and speak right. That's fine, but you don't. But making a fetish of that is cowardice. Yeah. Well, and even that's what Duke, they do. At, at this meeting, he doesn't say it. He says, I'm not going to say it out of respect for, for Jared's uh, position on Jews, which is that they are more... They look like, right to me. Yeah. Not they to be right. offended. I don't, any, I don't have any problem with the Jewish people. Yeah, What's not to be offended. Problems country, Jared? I, I don't know. <laughs> I just know that niggers commit a lot of crimes. It's idiotic. It's, it's yeah. untenable. So the Jews are not to be insulted in Jared's presence. So he doesn't do that. No. And what happens? <laughs> this guy who's written, who's written many books is, a, is an established uh, a personality yeah. in white nationalism with, with big credentials gets cursed out yeah. at, in front of everybody at, at Mr. Polite Jared Taylor's uh, conference. And, uh, yeah, and, and none of the respectables had one little bit of criticism for this nasty little kike. Even even the Jewish paper basically says this is a nasty little kike. This kike's going off in a way that they are that they absolutely harp on, like VNN, for example, because we don't follow their rules about never cursing and, and not being polite all the time. And and do they apply their own principles to 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 the Jew? No, because even among them, like everywhere else in society, the Jew is treated as oh my God, they're like. Jews are like gods on earth in the form of really ugly and dishonest people. <laughs> they're female, look like vultures as they age. My God, they're horrible. Yeah, well, can we think of like an opposite situation hey, let, let of a white you, nationalist look, attacking a Jew? Don't be afraid to shit on Jews. They shit on you around the clock. Fuck the Jews. They're That's not your true. friends. They're your fucking enemies. Stand up and say it. Don't be a pussy like Jared Taylor. Don't be a fool. Don't be bought off by someone. Be a man. You only live for a little while. You're going to end up in a coffin just like that fat fool, Sam Francis. Just draw your neck out of your collar, as Shakespeare said, and speak the truth about Jews. They're nation-wrecking little shitheads. Okay, you want to preserve your nation? Of course you do. Fuck the Jew, then. The Jew's the one trying to fuck you. Is that hard to understand? It's not hard to understand. You don't need a degree. You don't need 50 footnotes to prove everything. It's all there. It's on my side. It's on a hundred other sites. Okay. Assume that we're right and go from there, and let's build something. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, uh, this guy, there's a guy by the name of Verba. He's a key witness in Zionism. One of his names is Verba. He has several other names. <laughs> okay. Verba, Verba otherwise known as yeah Malachi. And yeah, he Saul. had <laughs> he Saul. Saul the woods wanderer. I escaped from a giant camp. Where I was interned for 42 days and then now allowed to eat nothing but little glowworms. Those things are not very tasty, let me tell you. And I was gassed 65 times. <laughs> I was gassed. 
65 times, maybe a couple others I forgot about, you know, but uh, it did happen. The indigestion, <laughs> the indigestion alone of those go worms. I was gassing myself. I'm very gassy. I have some stomach problems. You know, the, the glow worms are not the best thing for me. There was no tubs provided. Not even any milk of magnesia. But they had a swimming pool. Trying to survive a glowworm sandwiches when you're being gassed is not easy. He does himself with a lot. But, yeah, uh, well, this guy, he had what's been described as a photographic memory. He was able yes. to recall the numbers of those who were killed. He was able yeah. to give eyewitness yeah. testimony that was unshakable. And he played a pivotal role in Zundel's conviction. He was able to tell the story with such clarity that people were able to understand no, the Holocaust. No, no. Yeah, that's not how it was at all. I mean, I, in fact, just read an article from Eric Thompson, who's, which I'll be putting on the, uh, the net, about talking about Verba and, and how he performed at court. Basically, he was... Uh, Thompson goes as far to say as he thinks the guy may have been brainwashed or, or controlled hypnotically. I don't know about that, but he lays it open pretty clear. This guy is just a fraud. I mean, like, like uh, just... Just like Wiesel, I mean, he his knowledge of how many people were supposedly gassed. He got this by sitting there in his supposedly he's in this camp. He's in he's in you know one of his bunks, and uh, um, he's hearing rumblings outside. And from these rumblings, he deduces that this is a truck going by full of Jewish prisoners that are soon to be turned into black smoke. You know, and and from this. And, and, and then somehow he miraculously later on escapes from this camp. And then later on he writes down all these things that he's furiously remembered for all this time about how many trucks rumbled by. He doesn't know. I mean, it's, it's utter bullshit. And only a stupid Christian could believe any of this crap. And they're stupid Christian cows. I mean, the Canadians are the, are the most useless people on earth in terms of being... In, in terms of sheepliness, the Canadians are number one. And, and ask anyone who's been to Canada. I mean, they, Canada is a dictatorship. Right now, they're uh, they're fighting uh, Richard Warman, who's a goy front to the Jewish uh, dictatorship that operates through this uh, Canadian Human Relations Commission and essentially tries to uh, bust people for speaking the truth about what's going on in Canada racially. And while this is kind of the precursor to some of that, Verbo's an absolute fraud, but the uh, the jury in Canada made up of these uh, cowards and sheep, uh, you know, was afraid to question the Holocaust, so they, they busted Zundel for telling a few simple truths about it. But uh, they're just liars. I mean, Verba's original name was uh, apparently, basically nothing is, here's the bottom line about Verba. Nothing is known about the guy. Okay? Here, I'm going to read a little selection from Thompson's Rudolf Verba, the Holohoax in person. Rudolf Verba, in quotes, is a name most people never heard of. The Jew who uses that name claims under oath that his original name was Walter Rosenberg and later Joseph Israel Rosenberg. Who he really was is likely unprovable since he has testified that, quote, all my documents were burned in Majdanek. Majdanek on the outskirts of Lublin, Poland, was one of these alleged death camps which produced mostly survivors. I mean, <laughs> that ought to be a phrase. I mean, healthy as a Holocaust survivor. I mean, as someone brilliantly pointed out, you know, you never see one of these fuckers missing an eye or missing a finger or missing an arm or a leg like the victims of Jew-produced wars in Iran or Iraq or Vietnam. So true. But... But, you know, they're, they're fucking healthy as hell. Holocaust survivor turns 120, you know. <laughs> Celebrates with an ice cream gefilte fish cake. <laughs> oh, what a horrible... It's a taste treat, Stan. I do not know why you mock the gefilte fish ice cream cake. That's a wonderful treat. I mean, I would be delighted to have it. 
But uh, uh, so yeah, so 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 this fucker is of absolutely unknown origins. Um, it's it's something that crawled out of Eastern Europe and made a bunch of claims, and everybody's afraid to refute it. Why we take shit from these fucking little Jews is beyond me. But we so don't. He was, he, he was able but, to 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 tell these stories with such drama that they. Uh, well, he was no. This. Well, they whatever. Somehow the result was produced, but basically, no. He was in, he was from what Thompson says. He was. I mean, the rumbling of trucks and that. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me prove it here. He, how, well, can, let, how can let, you let, even let, remember an acoustic experience? Let me read you a little more. Ago. This is this is remarkable stuff. And and keep in mind the context here, folks. This guy is treated like anybody who claims he's a Holocaust survivor. Well, first of all, I've always said a Holocaust survivor is any Jew over fifty. So there's there's new ones uh, minted each year, mm-hmm. but here, here's what Thompson says, and this article appeared in the Liberty Bell publication in April '92. Verba Rosenberg is himself an interesting study. He claimed under oath that he was born in 1924, yet he did not appear to be 61 years old. His hair was not gray unless he dyed it, but his physical condition mainly belied his alleged years, even if his hair were white, for he had a stocky build and a muscular stride of a bouncer, with the face of a crude and ill-tempered thug, as well as the manners and speech of one. It is therefore an exhibition of astonishing arrogance that the Zionist authorities expect us to believe that this specimen was able to earn a doctorate in chemistry and or pharmacology and that he was capable of teaching these subjects at the University of British Columbia or at any other institution as an associate professor. Um, this is not to deny his academic rank, but it is to doubt his academic ca- capacities for research and in- instruction. Anyone may be accorded academic titles and also receive a professor's salary, even if he has no academic abilities nor qualifications. Those of us who have seen racial hiring quotas in action now view this corruption of our educational institutions as increasingly commonplace. But Verba Rosenberg is a very uncommon case. Under oath, he was asked his academic specialty. Verba Rosenberg replied, the chemistry of the brain, immunochemistry, that means the chemical composition of the brain. Here we have a Jew professor who cannot correctly identify his field of specialization. Any student who gave such a definition for immunochemistry would flunk the course, for it would prove he knew nothing about the subject. But Verba Rosenberg is an associate professor, so he cannot flunk. And he goes on to say that he looked up the guy's uh, degrees and, and uh, his papers and basically finds they're all co-written. Um, so he, he doesn't really believe that he he wrote anything himself. He just had his kind of his name on it. But uh, um, even here, here's some other descriptions of this trial. And this is basically this is uh, what what Thompson calls this trial of Zundel. And Zundel's today in, on trial in Germany, but back then he was in Canada on trial there, there. He calls it the first great Holocaust thought crime trial in 1984 through 1985 under the Zionist occupation government of Soviet Canada. And Thompson claims to have invented the term Zionist occupation government, or ZOG, that you will sometimes see referred to in the Jew press as well as always in the white nationalist press. So this is, this is kind of one of the first... This was when they were still getting the, the concept of hate crimes going. And the concept of hate crimes comes from the ADL, and it basically means any, anything opposed to the Jewish agenda that they can outlaw, they will outlaw. And they, they encourage the, the, the goy dupes to go along by associating it with some kind of evil emotion, such as hate. Yeah, well, you, so, can't, you can't even write into a paper in Australia these days, uh, from what I hear. Yeah, yeah that's true tripping up some type of racial discrimination act uh, some some code of some some law that's been passed uh, unbeknownst mm-hmm. to the people 
Well, let, let we can yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. I think we're going to talk about that. Um, let me let me just give you a little more, and then we'll we'll move on to it. But he says he says about Verba Rosenberg, and, and this guy who's just died, and he's he's treated as yet another Elie Wiesel like hero of the Holocaust. Even when he was speaking in nearly correct English, he was unidiomatic and difficult to understand. One might conclude that this was a tactic for concealing impossibilities or inconsistencies in his story by confusing everyone in the courtroom. In addition to the game of language, he rarely answered questions put to him in cross-examination by defense attorney Douglas Christie. Occasionally, Verba Rosenberg would be caught by the physical impossibility of his monstrous allegations. One example of this occurred when he lied that the bodies were being burned in, in quote, pits, the depth I would estimate for six meters. When defense counsel pointed out to him that the water table is around one meter beneath the surface since the area is marshy, Verba Rosenberg responded by saying that the ground was frozen because it was December. When the defense counsel asked him why the intense heat, which he described as emanating from the pits, did not melt the ice, he said that the Nazis had, quote, ameliorated the groundwater level, but he did not know how they had done it. The Cretans, morons, and cowards of the jury accepted it as fact that Nazis could burn Jews in water-filled ditches because this arrogant, lying Jew said they could. And, you know, you people tell me to lay off Christians. I mean, why should I lay off them when they're fucking idiots? And when the people who win and dominate our system lay into them. I'm interested in beating the winners, not... not <laughs> and, and the winners do it by beating the losers. <laughs> The Christians are the losers because they're, they don't believe their own bullshit any longer and they're afraid to stand up for themselves. And you white men, the reason you ought to join us rather than a conservative Christian coward type party organization is that we aren't afraid like they are. They're, they remonstrate, they move backwards, and, and they give reasons for everything because it's real important to document everything. But, you know, this is not a factual matter. It's not a debate. It's not a college bowl thing. It's, it's a, a blood battle between subspecies of people. So now, just a little more, and then we'll move on. Okay. But anyway, this, this clown, Verba Rosenberg, he claimed that each Auschwitz prisoner had a number tattooed on his hand, quote. Funny thing that all the Auschwitz survivors seem to have numbers on their arms, not on their hands. If Verba Rosenberg is right about that, there's going to be a rush of millions to the tattoo parlors. <laughs> like like all, all of his, his kosher cohorts, he makes fantastic claims concerning the efficiency of the Nazis' old-fashioned crematoria. They could do in 20 minutes what it takes our most modern facilities over an hour to do under optimum conditions. Of course, any people who could make flames burn underwater would probably have no trouble making flames work three or four times as fast as our clammy democratic flames. <laughs> Here's an example, and, and you listening to this will may see this at a later point in life, but he says, the following are some of the tactics, Thompson says, used by the Jew witnesses in addition to outright perjury, which is just lying in court. One, pretend not to hear the question. Two, pretend not to understand the question. Three, answer with another question. Four, ignore the question and make a short speech in another subject. Five, give contradictory answers while pretending to answer the question. Six, avoid, whenever possible, giving yes or no answers. Of course, no Aryan would be permitted to use such blatantly obstructive tactics for any judge is aware of such stunts and would sternly order the Aryan witness to behave properly. Not so, however, in the case of one Jew witness after the other. And then he, he quotes some uh, he quotes the Jew being obstructive and the, and the court letting him get away with it. But uh, but here's the here's the the last point I want to make on this. Um, he just points out that Verba Rosenberg is just another Jew. He just he's pulling stuff out of his ass and lying. 
Verber Rosenberg advanced some truly novel ways of calculating the number of Jews gassed at Auschwitz. One way which he used to arrive at the figure of 1,760,000 kosher gassees was to count the times the bar- his barracks shook when trucks were passing by in the nearby dirt road. Although he never saw what the trucks were carrying, he assumed them to be full of Jews who were soon to be converted into, quote, puffs of harmless black smoke. By multiplying, assuming the number of Jews per truck, and by multiplying the number by the number of, of shakes, he obtained his fantastic holo hoax figure. I mean... This is fucking a joke, and here the Nazis are desperately trying to hang on against the Ju- Judeo-Soviet Union, and, and they're, they're taking these prisoners, and they're shipping around to 85 camps, wasting gas. I mean, come on. If they were going to carry out what they call the Holocaust, they just would have shot them in the head, which is the way that the Jewish-Soviet Union uh, killed tens of millions of uh, Aryans and uh, white Christians, Christian whites. Just shot them in the head. That's all you got. To kill someone, that's all you got to do. You don't actually have to ship them hundreds and thousands of miles and feed them, and set up brothels for them, and, and camp minstrel shows, and, and stages, and theaters, and, you know, uh, hospitals, and and, and, and uh, everything else. And every one of these camps had all those amenities, unlike the camps that the Jews set up in the Soviet Union for Stalin. So, the world is not the way you think it is if you're a Christian or a liberal passing by, and the, the people who run most of the world are Jews, and they're liars and murderers. And there's an end to it. Either you resist them as Jews, as a white resisting Jews, or you succumb to them eventually. And right now, they're not going for control and wrecking one nation. They're going for wrecking the world and world control. And they're ahead. They're not behind. They're ahead. Right. So we and, and, join us and, and fight them. Yeah. And that's enough about that's enough about the disgusting fraud known as Rudolf Verba slash Walter Rosenberg slash who the fuck knows since all of his records are gone and there's absolutely no proof about who or what he is. Yeah, another one bites the dust. <laughs> that he's dead. <laughs> I think yeah. we should dig him up and reconfirm it, but <laughs> that's just me. Yeah, well, the far-flung reaches of these Jews uh, are is being felt in places like Australia, which is another Commonwealth country, I guess, associated, well, somehow connected with the Bank of England and and all of that, and their friends they let back in under, who was it, Cromwell? Yeah, okay, well, anyway, uh, Australia, Uh, we have a professor, Andrew Fraser, who breached S18C of the Racial Discrimination Act uh, by writing... Down goes Fraser! In that letter, I'm, dating, I'm dating myself with that cosellism. In that letter, Professor Fraser observed that quote e- experience practically everywhere in the world tells us that an expanding black population is a surefire recipe for increases in crime, violence, and a wide range of other social problems. End quote. The letter was the subject of a complaint submitted on behalf of Mr. Safi Herer, General Secretary of the Sudanese Darfurian Union, by George Newhouse of Newhouse Lawyers, with the assistance of David D. Knoll, President of the NSW Jewish Board of Deputies, and Ms. Anna Katzman, S.C. 
I don't so, know. So now, now you can't write letters to the paper if the Jews don't like what you say, and you can get hauled up before them. I'd make a point here that I've, I've often seen on Goyfire that we face a coordinated and global effort to suppress us and our race. And this is this is a good example of what I mean. I mean, we had uh, a couple of years the Indiana and Ohio State uh, so-called civil rights bureaucracies were after VNN for a couple of classified ads we ran. And they wanted to do to us what uh, these guys want to do to this guy, this Fraser in Australia, which is they want him to, you must cause to be published an ad confirming that your outrageous allegations of racism are withdrawn and any imputation is, is absolutely denied. They want you to, to they want, they want to take, essentially take your nose and rub it in your own shit. You know, just like you would a dog that crapped in the wrong place. And they want you to, to, it's very Stalinist. They want you to go out before the public and say, oh no, I was wrong. I, I was wrong to, What's the guy wrong for? He cited the facts about black crime that are absolutely undeniable. And this is the extent we've fallen. We've allowed these Jews to take over our nation. In the U.S., these Jews take the form of APAC, as we already discussed, and also the ADL. In more of the Anglophone, the former British Empire, they tend to be a board of deputies of Jews, British Board of Deputy of Jews, and I think the Australians have the same thing. And these people work through these human relations councils that have this deceptively neutral name. When you're in power, you can use deceptive neutrality to disguise what you're doing. When you're the underdog, you need to speak up overtly about the real power relations in the country, I say as a side point. But the point is, through the Board of British Deputies of Jews, they, they use their, their black face, their black front, um, <coughs> to, uh, to, to push these civil rights things. To basically, they don't want you to talk about what is going on in your country because their policy is to wreck white Australia just as it is to wreck white America, to wreck white England, and bring in these minorities make it hospitable to Jews, and even such a small thing as writing a letter to the paper pointing out what they're doing, or even pointing out the symptoms of what they're doing, the, the pointing out some of the results of what they're doing without even making the connection clear, as this letter does. It doesn't say anything about Jews. It just says that black equals crime. Um, they don't want that. They want to make that criminal. And it is already criminal in Australia, and it is already criminal in Canada and in England, too. It's still legal in the U.S., but they're trying to make it illegal just as it is in these other places. This is a life-and-death battle with these people we're in. I think about that, people. Listen, you can't write a letter to the editor that points out the facts about race and crime. You're a slave. You're a slave in your own land. And they're going right. to fine you. They're going to charge you tens of thousands of dollars and force you to pay to run advertisements in the New York Times or something saying that I withdraw my letter and it never should have been sent and... I mean, this is this is what we trade freedom for for this illusion that oh yeah everybody can get along and people are just as good and the Jews are our friends and democratic allies the Jews aren't the Jews are dictators and and this is a very good example of that yeah the commission flatly rejected Professor Fraser's submission that his letter was not unlawful because under S18D of the RDA, it was a, quote, statement, publication, discussion, or debate made or held for genuine academic purpose or any other genuine purpose in the public interest or a fair comment on any matter of public interest if the comment is an expression of genuine belief held by the person making the comment. Uh, again, that was flatly rejected by the commission. Yeah, see, they, they, they pass these laws and they claim, oh, this is just going to protect the black community in no way is it going to infringe on freedom of speech. But when it comes to enforcement, uh, it does. 
because these rules are put in, they're put in uh, a nice female language about sensitivity and being nice and and reflecting our common values. But in the end, it amounts to suppression Mm. of the facts. And and this is damaging the white race. I mean, there will always be crimes wherever there are blacks. So so black crime is nothing for the black community to worry about. It's just something that's... just like the color of their skin, it, it ain't going anywhere. But for us, it's something that we can protect ourselves against. But the very first thing we need is to be able to speak about it openly. And that the Jews would deny us. And so, you know, and this is not, this is one of many examples. I mean, they've gone after Frederick, Friedrich Tobin, who was just over in Iran at the Holocaust conference, the Holocaust Truth Conference, where such things as the verba fraud were discussed. Uh, and then Tobin's a German descent, but he lives, he's an Australian, and, and uh, they've tried to, to knock down his website for telling the truth about the Holocaust. And they've also, uh, this may have even been, it seems like it was a guy with a very similar name, or maybe the same one, Fraser. They, uh, people have written PhDs in Australia, and the Jews have tried to force them to uh, uh, withdraw the paper and uh take back the degree that they've given the guy who wrote a, a paper questioning the Holocaust. I know that they succeeded in that in one instance. I can't remember the name of the person involved, but this is what they do. It's just the same thing as we see with the, the Mearsheimer and Waltz study. Anybody who comes out, they don't care that they're factually wrong. These people print the facts about the Jews, and the Jews never, ever argue. They never, ever argue and say, no, you're wrong, because they don't have a case. What they are absolutely insistent on is that absolutely no official venue be allowed to promote any kind of view that in any way contradicts the Jewish agenda. So they want to exercise a functional dictatorship over opinion and over political action. And uh, this will enthrone them for all time, and it will destroy you, white white man listening to this. And and you're even uncomfortable hearing me say white man. Well, it doesn't matter if I'm white. Well, well it does matter. It does matter. That there's a reason they want to deny you and make you uncomfortable, and they've associated anything that's pro-white with being hate. Well, being pro-white is just normal. We want to live the way we want to live, not the way the Jews. We want. We don't want the Jews telling us how to live. The Jews telling us we have to be integrated with blacks, and then if we write a letter to the editor pointing out how they're a bunch of criminals, well, you can't do that. Well, who are they to say what we can do? No Jew has, anywhere has the right to make any decision for white people. You know, what do we see in their media? They show our women mixing with blacks, even though very few white women do that. They continually show blacks as our moral superiors. It's just every single movie out there has that theme almost. They show blacks sitting in judgment over whites. Blacks are always depicted as judges. They're always depicted as things they aren't wise, civilized, upper middle class. Blacks are scum. And the Jews want to prevent you speaking that truth, let alone acting on it. But we need to right. act and speak the truth about both blacks and the Jews who sponsor them. Exactly. That's a big part of what TNB is about, which we always bring home in this show, is the buried stories and the the stories directly from Africa, the huge continent which uh, is full of TNB and full of primitive tribalism, cannibalism, uh, insanity, etc., that, that more or less makes the racialist case against blacks in the United States uh, that is completely suppressed and buried in the mainstream press. Mm-hmm. And you hear in a year uh, maybe, uh, let's say, a thousand times more about Israel than any African nation. And if you hear anything about Africa, it's always your need to help them out of their 
dilemma, uh, usually white-inspired dilemma. Uh, of, uh, yeah, what did Africa ever do for us? What did Africa ever do for me? Did Africa do anything for you, Stan? No. No, uh, I, maybe my wife's diamond wedding band, uh, maybe some of the diamonds came from there. That's about all I can think of. <laughs> from a giant Jewish concern? <laughs> and you, I say that that may not be known to all you listening to this, but uh, diamonds are essentially, uh, the, the association of diamond wedding rings is the direct result of a Jewish promotional campaign back in the, I think, the 20s. It was one of the first examples of the power of advertising to create uh, basically false needs so that now everyone, oh, you got to have a big, huge diamond ring. But diamonds are actually common. It's just that there's only a couple of companies. Uh, they've, they've totally consolidated the, the control over their production, so that they seem a rare commodity. Mm-hmm. Um, but just it's like everything. It's another Jewish scam. Yep. We'll talk about it greater length at well, some that's point. That's the thing, but too. Africa is sitting on all these natural resources, uh, and... All it takes is is the white man to come there and and you know harvest them and and you know the world would be a better place. These lazy niggers can't get off their ass to even you know repair the thatch on their mud hut. You know, <laughs> the man has to come in and feed them and and uh, teach them and and it still doesn't work. Nothing works. And that translates over to the average American nigger that that you know uh, he has his. Uh, Symbolic mud hut, you know, in a ghetto, and uh, then he's got his flashy uh, SUV or, or or whatever that's you know brimming with tribal music. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, and you you know they're the drum beat based. One thing we had on VNN recently was you know some study that says oh it's even harder and harder for blacks to find work and young black males to find work and and then you read something like in a lot of areas maybe only less half or less than half of them even work. And you know what's so hard about not working? Exactly. I mean, if 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 they're not working and they're not dying, then they're getting money from somewhere. Where's that money coming from? Well, that's coming from the white middle class. And the Jew paints in these solemn tones, like these niggers are really trying. Oh, look, if someone's not working, there's two reasons: either he can't find a job or he doesn't want a job. And the Jew is is pulling the long face, but the fact is, these niggers don't want to work. They don't want to work because they don't like working, and they don't have to work because you're paying for them. And these Jews, right, and he's fucking, he's got a picture, a little, I call them Snoop Soggy Pie. You know, he's sitting there because he's kind of Snoop Doggy Dog looking little Chinese type nigger, and he's sitting there with his little Detrito. Little Detrito, I just praise he will have opportunities I never has. His little, one of his little four or five little bastards, he's sitting there looking all moist eyed. I mean, it makes you want to fucking puke. Yeah. This is the kike paper. They run this shit over and over. All it is is a way to instill guilt in white people for things that they have absolutely nothing to do with. We in no way are responsible for the monkeys called Africans. In no way. Most of them would not even exist if it were not for us. There were only supposedly about 100 million Africans at the turn of the last century. And today there's like six, 700 million. For the people who think AIDS is killing them off, no, it's not. Uh, they're They're multiplying rapidly. And the point is that at least 500 of those million are, are, exist only because of Western science. So we should keep that from them and keep their numbers down because Africans are hugely undesirable man-like creatures who are basically a couple hundred thousand years of evolution behind the white man and don't yeah, belong in our societies. Because like yeah, Thomas amazing. Jefferson said, we, we always quote the one aspect of Jefferson, but the other thing he said is basically I would not be surprised if, if, if they are freed and allowed to run around amongst us. I wouldn't surprise if it would probably end in the Extinction of one race or the other. 
That's what he said. Hmm. You let niggers run around, and eventually they're going to exterminate the whites, or the whites are going to exterminate them. Well, let's make sure that we exterminate them. Of course, this stuff is kept out of your kid's school book by the Jews who don't want you writing letters to the paper about the nigger raping your daughter. Right. Really I mean, we, they have we, Jews in your society, I'm starting to think. Yeah. I, I, I really listen to this R2. Yeah, I mean, in previous Goyfire, you mentioned the, the people in the middle of the country and whatnot are just exposed to so many lies just lies after you know lie after lie after lie that that even if they just have a partial distortion of the world then the the result has been achieved and and we see this in just the if we can step into the minds of of people thinking about Africans that you know that we're responsible for their 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 destitute state uh, that they're dying off due to AIDS. All this is is lies. It's lies to there there are lies to to evoke yeah. sympathy, and 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 lies to place uh, some well, type of reason in the white mind for why they are the way they are. Agents, you gonna let me speak? <laughs> yeah, I'm being ironic. I'm utterly. I know I'm monopolized, but this stuff gets you stirred up. It pisses you off. You know, and the the the. Uh, the thing about AIDS is a lot of white nationalists see them. Oh, God sent it to destroy the nigger, and it's just—it's a false hope for them. I mean, it—they uh, um, would like to believe that, but you're certainly right. That—that's one thing that we need to clear up: is the white nationalists would like to believe that AIDS is wiped out, but it's not. In fact, AIDS' very existence is is dubious, and we could go into that at greater length another time. But basically, in the in the U.S., AIDS is a an attempt to impose guilt on the non-fag community for the immoral and really just insane actions of faggots, which is, you know, having hundreds of, of uh, what they call sex partners uh, and uh, having all Bare kinds backing. of diseases. Yeah. yeah, having all kinds of diseases that eventually compromise their immune system, and then they die, and, and they, they want to claim that this is due to AIDS when basically is Peter Duesberg, a, a professor at Berkeley, who I do not believe is a Jew, and even another woman recently at LouRockwell.com pointed out, look, it's uh, AIDS is there may be a thing called the HIV virus, and it may be in some, it may even be so much as a contributing factor. But basically, AIDS is very existence is dubious. It was originally a syndrome. It's a gay-related immune immunodeficiency is what it was called when it first came to notice that they were seeing these sarcoses, sarcomas pop up. These are these blotches on these fags' legs. But this is after, you know, the fags essentially being liberated in the 70s, popularly. See, before the fags are liberated, why not go off on this tangent? Why, this is our fucking show. Let's, let's go off on this tangent <laughs> a little bit. You know, before, almost everything that is bad in America today had its roots in the 60s. It actually had its roots far, far before then intellectually, but it had its... The taking power of all these insanities was in the 60s, in the mid-60s, when you had uh, the immigration we always talk about. You had the so-called civil rights that, that took away our free association and loosed the rabid dogs called niggers. You had the uh, Gun Control Act back then by the same Jew, Emanuel Seller. So you, you have it working, working to weaken the whites. All this took place in the 60s, and part of that was fag liberation, right? What, what they call fag liberation. Well... When you, it, it, there's always going to be some homosexuals, but they're only going to be, you know, maybe one percent of the, the population is furtively going to kind of uh, be homosexual, and that's not really that big of a problem. But when you have the fag liberation, and, and they'll usually point to Stonewall when a bunch of queers got mad at being raided by the cops, 
hey, we're not going to put up with that anymore. We're just not. And, and, and they, they fought back. And this is gay liberation. Well, all of a sudden, well, then, then it's okay. Then you can have, instead of wink-wink type bars where fags might, might go and kind of flourish under Sub Rosa, you have it openly. Well, when you have it openly and you promote it in the media, you're going you're gonna to attract more people. That, that puts a lie. They claim it's all, it's all uh, inborn. Well, there might be a little bit of it inborn, or it might be some inborn deviance that happens to take that as one of its forms. But when you promote it openly, you're going to attract new people to it. I mean, to an extent, a lot of human behavior is just simply patterned or learned from others. So you Repetition. can run. Even, yeah, it, it's just you, people are adaptable. They get used to something. If they... And a certain percentage of them who would not go that way if it were suppressed will go that way when it's promoted. That's why you don't want to be promoting faggotry. You don't want faggotry to be allowed to be promoted anywhere. And and so they they promote this. They draw on new people. At the same time, you've got you know the crazy hippies and the and the hair and all that all that stuff. And you've got uh, the promotion of drugs. And you've got this partying. And and you have this going on, and what happens like a decade later? Why the fucking AIDS shows up? You know, the AIDS show, all of a sudden you got these faggots who are taking poppers, they're taking every drug known to man, they're taking alcohol, they're fucking hundreds, literally hundreds of people. I'm not exaggerating. That's like the average amount of partners of, of these fags is is staggering, and they're fucking each other up the ass, and and they're going to bathhouses and they're sucking cocks, fucking each other up the ass, doing all kinds of really insane, nasty stuff. And then all of a sudden, they're getting really sick and dying. And do you think that the fags, the fags do not want to take responsibility for their actions? And when you have a media environment like we have that never, ever charges any of these smaller groups that are used to advance the Jews' agenda, such as fags or feminists or niggers, they never, ever blame them for any of the consequences their behavior brings. They always throw that blame in the white man. And this is reflected... Uh, in the terminology, the minute something new happens, well, when it comes up, it's called uh, doctors in San Francisco and New York noticing these cases of this weird sarcoma. It's like a, it's like a, you know, a sore, a blotch in your leg, and they're noticing this come up with increasing frequency among their the faggots who come to them. So the, originally they call it like a gay-related immunodeficiency, but uh, I've known people in the business of of studying this stuff, or I, I actually. Uh, I had a relative who's on the edges of studying, or who's in public health who had never heard that. And, and you ask a thousand people, and they will never have heard that it was originally called gay-related immunodeficiency because they immediately changed the name to AIDS and started blaming Reagan for it. Mm-hmm. Acquired immune deficiency. So, oh, anyone can get it. Anyone, big, huge danger. Well, now it's 20 years later, and we know that you know this was just a promotional campaign to get a disproportionate amount of money spent on AIDS. Which, but but I'm telling you that. This, I'm using. I'm going into this at length because it's an example of how you can't. There's a superficial skepticism that that is popular among people, but I'm saying that that is not enough. And I had to learn this myself the hard way. Skepticism. You have to, skepticism. You have to multiply by ten to begin to get at what's actually going on. It's that bad. And my point is that. Uh, it's not enough merely to be skeptical that, yeah, fags want to get a disproportionate amount of money. I mean, it's literally the point where, does AIDS exist? There's a good reason to believe it doesn't exist. And then we got into this in the African hook. Well, in the U.S., it's basically fags attempt to shift moral responsibility for the burden of the consequences of their behavior onto the backs of the white middle class, where every other burden is, is shipped to. Right? You're responsible for the niggers. You're responsible for the oppressed women. You're responsible for the Holocaust. You're responsible, you know, for little 
little shithead can't get a janitor ship. He be out beating the pavements, be getting jobs and shit, and they ain't be giving him none. The man be trying to hold him down and shit. You know how hard it is to find work these days. I mean, fuck, you can go anywhere and get a job. It's, it's going to be a shitty job that, yeah, that's why we got millions of people coming in here. You know, they, they work and they use all of our services. I mean, come on. If you want a job, you can get a job. Right. It, it will probably not be a very highly paid job, but if you want a job, you can get a job. It's not hard. If we didn't have any jobs, uh, millions and millions of people wouldn't be coming. Um, but uh, not to get into a separate issue, but my point is as they've shifted the blame for this fag spread immune, they kill their immune systems and they die from it and they want to blame us. Well, in Africa, it's a slightly, it's a variation of that. It's not so much of a homosexual thing. It's just a, what they do is they take deaths from a couple dozen diseases and they just call that AIDS. You know, and they wrap it up in a neat little package and they tie it in with the garbage in the U.S. and then they get all these foundations to send them money. And I mean, Bill and Melissa Gates, I mean, they've spent umpteen billions of dollars on Africa and either, you know, against AIDS and educating these people. Why do you try to educate people who have an average IQ of about 60? I mean, they're retarded. <laughs> Yeah, talk about but, the but retards are retards, but you're the retard if you try to educate retarded people. You can't do it. And you get whiners like Bono, you know, pumping you for money, and you know. Yeah, well, getting back to the aspects of the propaganda machine that we're up against, the proposphere that there's just so many. You're so inundated with lies that even if, let's say, you're infected with, let's say, thirty percent. If you reject even 70% of the lies you're, you're getting inundated with, you're still, I would say, at an operational level uh, within uh, the proposphere. You, you've been infected to that degree that you're not really even at a revolutionary standpoint. Here, here's the way to put it. You have to deprogram yourself. Literally every default idea that you hold will be an idea that advances the Jew's agenda. And I find this in myself, and I deal with this 24 hours a day and think about everything. Anything that you have not specifically ruminated on, specifically researched to find the actual facts, you will believe, you will hold in your head a belief that helps your Jewish enemy defeat you because they have complete control over the idea-propagating mechanisms in our society, which I would call government, education system, and media. So that anything that you have not specifically thought about, well, they put the idea in your head. Every single thing, it's remarkable. And that just shows you how utterly brainwashed we are. Right. Because think all propaganda example, feeds in and it reinforces. It's just saying the same thing. And think about how much you know about foreign countries that you've never been to. Now, how much mm -hmm. is it, of that is true? Probably yeah, you, less than 10%. What, what, what do you suppose, Aegis, now, now, lately Belarus has been in the news... Now, now, how do we find what we know about Belarus? Uh, go to the newspaper. Yeah, who owns a newspaper? You know, how do how do you know what's going on? How do you know that you re if you read about Belarus, what will you find? Well, what will they say? They'll say, well, you know, they're uh, oh, someone had a good thing on uh, um, what well, basically what's going on is uh, this Jew Soros through promoting, you know, great neutral terms like openness or democracy. Basically what they're doing is trying to set up Jew-friendly governments in all these Eastern European former Soviet bloc countries. And the, one, the ones who resist or hold back, uh, they try to manufacture these revolutions. They give them a color or a name like, what was it, orange in Ukraine? And it was going to be... And denim. It was denim. supposed to be 
yeah, denim in Belarus, and they were going to, ma- you know, they they buy their rent mobs and they put out the color, and then they promote this in the West as this is the real democratic feeling against these evil tyrants, Lukashenko, who. Uh, that, is that his name? That's his name, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Luke yeah a couple of pictures Belarus. of fashion models. Yeah. With, and uh, the denim flag and that. Sure. Thing. They take a picture of a really hot young woman dressed in orange or in denim, and they, they say, oh, she represents, she symbolizes the people's desire for freedom. This is just Give her a bullshit. candle and, and yeah. clothes yeah, give out her of Paris. And a muffler and, you know, a scarf around her neck. And this this is how they lie to you, an average adult doesn't know any better because Goyim don't think about production values. Goyim are the idiots at watching the Punch and Judy show who, who don't even realize that it's a couple of people with puppets on their hands. Infotainment. Think, oh, my God, what a great show. Infotainment. Your <laughs> content is absolutely compelling. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> what a great shot. Where did he find her? Fucking, let, let, me, let me encourage you, Goyim, to look at things sideways for once. Don't Don't look at Pull the screen back and look at the homunculi, the homunculi who are operating these these flea circuses. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a fucking joke. I mean, you got the Jews are it's all a put up, and and Belarus crushed it, and Putin is making moves also. You know, talking to Hamas, he's showing that hey, I'm not going to be dominated by you fuckers, at least to some extent. And to the extent he he opposes them, why they demonize him? Hey, well, Russia's becoming awfully non-democratic. Democratic is a code word. It means if they follow the Jewish agenda, then they're democratic. If they oppose the Jewish agenda, then they're not democratic. As we saw most, most ridiculously put on display in the Palestine territory, where they, uh, the 90% of the people vote for Hamas. And then, the, you know, what could be more democratic than the overwhelming majority of people saying, this is what we want? Well, these idiot Bush and his Jewish handlers forced the vote on them. And then they get a result that any moron could have foreseen. And then they're, oh, you can't vote for this party. So you see, the arrogance of these people is absolutely unmitigated, unbelievable. You, you can't placate. I, I really believe Aryans, Aryans are basically calm, serious people. And when someone gets very emotional and shrieking, they think, well, the, they surely must have some legitimate reason to be upset at the bottom of it. But what they don't grasp is Jews are different racially. You cannot placate them. You can only fight them or submit to them. Their whining does not betoken any real legitimate complaint. It betokens their attempt to take power over you. Mm-hmm. And, and you must understand this. You can, you can, all you can do with Jews really truly is fight them or submit to them. And the means that they choose to fight us with, genocide and idiot warfare um, and, and this hate crime suppression of, of our uh, speaking back to them, they're not fighting democratically. They're fighting biologically and viscerally, and the stakes are our genocide versus their control of the world. I say we band together and defeat them. And I mean, I say exterminate them. That's what needs to be done. Most white nationalists will not say that, but uh, that's what's indicated because they've been, they've been dealt with before, but the problem has never been dealt with for good. They've simply been uh, what I call, you know, horizontally, horizontal expulsion. They've been swept out of countries. What they need to be is buried so they can never again pose a threat to our people in the way that we live. But, you know, that's just words blowing out of me. I mean, the fact is that they have their little state in Israel that has hundreds of nuclear weapons, and their Martin Van Crefeld, who's considered one of the top historians in the world, says they absolutely will not go down. They have hundreds, you know, Germany's selling them nuclear submarines. He says that we have hundreds of nuclear warheads, that we target every major capital in Europe, and uh, we will not go down without a fight. 
So the, these people are called our gallant little ally. They seize their land through terrorism. They threaten the rest of the world with terrorism. And all I can say is don't believe what you read in, in the Jew-controlled media. It's, it's meant to further Jewish interests, and it's meant to conduce to your genocide. Absolutely. It's not a simple matter of these liberal idiots versus these wise conservatives. It's Conservatives and liberals are both liberals, and they're both pushing the Jewish agenda, and it's anti-you. It's what we call Loxism. And, and uh, we fight it here. That's why what we say sounds so radically different from what you read from the O'Reillys and, and from the, uh, the leftist crowd. Shizzle, my niggas, it's time for the TMB section of our program. Yes, welcome to the TNB section of the program. The long-awaited TNB, um, where we talk about our friends are our black complected black complected friends what you talk about yeah it? that black should be down in the bone motherfucker yeah <laughs> it ain't be about that superficial shit yes so uh how they act uh typically um how we uh meet them on the streets in places of business at the university and um, just just about anywhere you go these days, we've selected a few cases. Now, of course, there were many candidates. Uh, we had thousands of stories, uh, thousands of instances in just the course of one week, let alone the last couple of weeks. Uh, just a portion of that 1.5 million uh, assaults on whites by blacks in a year. That happens uh, and are reported. Uh, these these are just uh, common occurrences these days. So, top story. Uh, now this is part of TNB, but it's also, I think this would be better placed under the Memorex hate crime uh, section. But a black is involved in this, so uh, we'll be covering the details. Uh, this one stems from Duke University. Perhaps you're a, an alum, so listen up. Uh, if not, maybe you've uh, been there, uh, studied, what have you. Uh, the vigil held in front of 610 North Buchanan, where the alleged attack occurred. About 75 people held candles and sang Amazing Grace in what an organizer Janine Tompkins called a show of support for the victim. Now, this is not a white victim of black crime, which is uh, about 60 times likelier to occur, or was it 600 times likelier to occur, according to the Color of Crime report. This was a, watch the story here, goes on, alleged gang rape of black girl by whites prompts vigil and hand-wringing. On March 13th, an African-American woman was brutally raped by three members of the Duke lacrosse team. Uh, brutally and allegedly raped. Oh, brutally and allegedly raped, yes. Well, I'm just uh, making the point. There's not clear that there was a rape. Yeah. The vigil claimed came, that there's a rape. Right. The vigil came hours after Duke officials buffeted by the allegations of mounting community anger issued a statement by President Richard Broadhead announced that the team would forfeit 
Saturday's lacrosse match with Georgetown and next Tuesday with Mount St. Mary's. Quote, physical coercion and sexual assault are unacceptable in any setting and have no place at Duke. The criminal allegations against three members of our men's lacrosse team, if verified, will warrant very seriously penalties. So um, this seems uh, uh, to be quite uh, the cause of outrage in Duke and area. Duke graduate Ned Kennington said he was outraged that 40 Duke students know what happened and won't come forward and angry that it took Duke two days to decide to cancel Saturday's game. So uh, this article goes on for about a yard. Uh, I think it was an ESPN about uh, this alleged yeah, rape. Yeah. Alex, have you caught this? Yeah, I've been I've been following this. Let's start as a newspaper might, if they were written by honest men rather than Jews, and establish the context. Now we know about crime and hush crime. We know that 90 percent plus of interracial crime is black on white. We know that blacks are 50 times likelier to attack whites than whites to attack blacks. That's the context. And as bad as those stats are, the facts on interracial rape are even worse or even more what they call disproportionate. I say parenthetically that the use of the word disproportionate can be misleading because it's based on assumed equality and that the facts that we see, the statistics that we see are, are um, divergences from equality, but there's no reason to assume equality because the races are not the same thing. You're comparing apes and oranges. I mean, the, the uh, blacks are inherently more violent for a number of reasons, but they're biological reasons, and the equality is a political construct. Now, before going farther afield, let's just return and say that interracial rape, white on black, basically does not exist. I mean, it, it, the, the only examples of white on black interracial rape that you would find would basically be maybe uh, a bunch of white on, so, uh, some ultra low level white on crack raping a black uh, whore a black prostitute that's about the only type of legitimate uh, white on black rape you'd find which would be kind of scum on scum more than more than color on color but average ordinary run in the mill rapes uh, blacks go after whites uh, and and this is simply a fact, and it's never reported that way in the Jewish media because it would reveal that basically the black community, as they love to call it, is at war with whites. Blacks have declared war on whites because they, they why not? We got more looks and more money than they do, and they're jealous of that, and there's no, there's no way they can compete because they don't have the brains, and, and so they come after us. And the Jewish media deliberately obscures this. So... Part of their obscuring it is is not report, is suppressing the knowledge of black crime, but it's also amplifying white on black crime wherever they can find it and and wherever they have to make it up, whether literally make it up in terms of a Hollywood movie or, or in which you know Mississippi burning where whites are depicted as going after blacks, or if not fiction, then literally creating crimes out of whole cloth and promoting them like the Tawana Brawley thing. Yeah, sure, blacks made the claim, this Tawana Brawley claimed that she was raped by like six or seven white cops and police officers, and it was later revealed to be a hoax. But, you know, the, the defamation spread all over the, the world. And even today, people will say, well, 
the, the usual thing the leftists do when it's revealed that one of their claims is a lie is claim, well, at least we raise consciousness about it. Well, this consciousness always comes at the expense of the white man who's portrayed as sadistic, vicious, and brutal. And, and this could well be another example of it. What you got is a house full of a bunch of partying lacrosse players, and they, they hire a stripper. And this stripper is black, and she's claiming that she was raped by three of them. And 46 of the 47 team members, uh, all 46 white, and the one who didn't give, I guess, DNA evidence was black. And they gave this DNA evidence to the cops. The cops have not charged anyone. ESPN has written yard-long articles uh, talking about this, and I guess they've been holding rallies almost daily since it happened. And blacks have been driving by this house and threatening the people, and I guess they pretty much moved out. It's some campus housing owned by Duke, and I guess they moved the people out of there for security reasons now. But it's very unclear what, if anything, actually happened. It, it's very, very true that it could be simply a shakedown. But what you've got is Duke is, is a sort of a rich white enclave in this uh, an area that's only about half white and half black. So there's plenty of uh, local black scum around there in North Carolina. And they're making a big issue out of it. And they, this is their great white hope that they can find the evil white men doing what Jewish Hollywood claims they do more or less routinely, which is abusing people of color, noble, dignified people of color, working their way through school as strippers. Uh, but uh, th this, this is the ordinary, this is the great white hope. Uh, of, of the Jews, they, they, they can find a case, and it, if, it, if they can hang some people on this, they will use this for literally the next 20 years and, and, and longer and, and prove that, look, all those movies we make about those evil, sadistic, su supercilious white frat boys are all perfectly justified, and they'll point to this, and it will become like the James Bird dragging. They never tell you about the 150 times the black does it to the white. They tell you about the one time the white does it to the black. I feel like I'm making a point for very young children there, but it's necessary to do that because the truth is simply reversed in the Jewish media for stupid right. goyim. Right. And, and they and love so these these college settings, too, where they can get the young, impressionable mm -hmm. minds and, and make a controversy. Well, uh, they, yeah, they whip it into an emotional frenzy, and they hold these candlelight vigils to take back the night because, you know, everybody's very worried about the, those evil lacrosse players are out there. <laughs> we must raise a candle against them. And um, it, it has not been established what happened, but that doesn't prevent them from, from, you know, it doesn't prevent all the official vectors of society from spraying the idea that whites are vicious and evil and need to be watched. Because um, this is posted at govnn.com, this story, and, and you can add your own comments there. The defense attorney for some of these boys has said that the, the prosecutors are already out there are making allegations that they know for a fact. Basically, they're making all sorts of prejudicial statements they would never make if the case were reversed, is what the defense attorneys are saying. And there's, there's also the point that was actually made by the black mayor of Durham, where Duke is located. The guy's name is William Bell, and he said, he said, look, you know, ABC, CBS, Fox News, New York Times, Washington Post are all down here. It's like if the race were reversed, they wouldn't be here. And I'm not sure what exact point he was trying to make. It's not really the one he did make. His, his point is basically they, they're loving this because it looks like they got a white-on-black crime, and, man, they love that, mm -hmm. anything they can dramatize. And then they get all these people acting like white males are the real danger because they obscure the fact that, no, it's the blacks who are the danger. You know, they're 13% of the population, but they produce 50% of the violent crimes. And their violent crimes are hugely carried out against white people. I mean, 
hugely disproportionately. Whites almost never attack blacks when they're committing any kind of a violent crime. It's all black on white. And so they want to manufacture a huge case out of this. And, and uh, I mean, you could come up with hundreds of examples of black uh, athletes raping and, and, and uh, messing up white women, and they don't. They they will print one story on that, and then they'll uh, shut it down. But this man, ESPN just wrote a yard-long article on it. They're going to keep going when the facts of the situation have not even been established yet. And you, I can guarantee you if the whites get off and because nothing happened or that she's just simply making it up to try to uh, get money out of them, they will uh, they'll still continue to... It will it uh, Everything is remembered the way the Jew wants it remembered. The Jew's writing all the history, and he's writing the first draft of history, as someone referred to, to newspapers. So... Right, and they have here on Thursday, 46 of the team's 47 members reported to the dorm police crime lab to be photographed and to provide DNA samples. The 47th member, who was not tested because he is black, and the alleged victim described her attackers as, as white. So here we have the one black who doesn't even, he, he doesn't even have to be tested or brought down to the station because it's quite clear it was whites who did this heinous crime. Yeah, well, and well, I mean, what? Who's to say this black stripper was probably these guys were inebriated? Maybe she sucked them off, all three, and then they didn't pay her. Well, guess what? Here comes yeah. this allegation. And and don't yeah, you, just that's very perceptive. I mean, it's entirely likely that is exactly how blacks think, and and they 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 know that there's a, a blacks are dumb, but they're not stupid. They know damn well that there's a. a some some force outside them that set up a milieu in which their charges of racism produce tangible results that put pussy and money in their pocket, and so they will use it. And it's ver- that that's a that's a very very plausible scenario entirely. I mean, oh uh, these, no, these guys... you don't. Oh no, you don't. <laughs> I don't suck off no white dicks and not get paid for it, nigga. Yeah, you a yeah, racist I mean... son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, what has she got to do? I mean, think about this. You know what college This ain't no like. plantation, Jack. <laughs> well, I mean, who's, if if they were if they were in a, alone in a room together, I mean, who 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 knows? You know, and and she could cough up some sperm or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't see any way they can really prove the case. So the media is going to be the courtroom in which this is tried, and it looks well, like to me they're setting it up so that if they're how are they going to find these guys guilty? Uh, the, the only thing they can do is if, say, three of them were in a room, they had some kind of encounter with her, they can either, they're going to have to work hard to turn one of them. And if they get one guy to blame one of the others, then one of them might go down for it. But otherwise, there's nothing, they have no leg to stand on. Because guaranteed, you know, uh, despite what that guy says, you know, 38 of them are going to have no idea of what went on, even if something did go on. Because they were drinking off in some other, no one's paying attention to anyone else at a party like that, you know. I can totally see it was something that happened behind a closed door, and either if it happened, and it might have been that nothing happened. Yeah, but well, uh, in the in the media is using it as it wants, uh, irregardless of the facts, and we see this every time, especially on college camp yeah. campuses. Uh, so they're using well, it for their own agenda. Well, uh, look, if they if they can't, yeah, they are, and the thing is. The, me- the pressure from the media puts the prosecutor in a position where if he he's going to go above and beyond what he would do normally, and if 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 as seems very likely, he's going to have a hell of a hard time making a case. Then and 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 
and nothing comes of this, then what are they going to do? They're going to, they're going, basically, they're going to encourage a lynch mob mentality among these people. And the blacks are going to find some way to get back at them, and the Jews of the ESPN will justify what they do to get back at them. They've already had blacks driving by making gestures like they're shooting a gun, which is why they cleared out of the house. So right, and and then you can always have uh, the other Memorex hate crime and just say, oh, a jury let them off, even if the facts uh, uh, were were such that that was the only logical thing to do. But yeah. uh, that that just shows that we're still living in a racist society. Oh yeah, it'll be used that way regardless of what happens, and and I think it's going to be very hard for them to. Uh, what do you have? I mean, she can claim that she was raped, but. How do you how do you know? Say, I mean, what's the the integrity of a black stripper? <laughs> there you go. I mean, it, it, it's it, you know, and, and here's the thing. Here's what what makes me so angry is that this they send this guy down there. His name's like Gene Garber or whatever. This for ESPN, probably a Jew. You know, he's writing something that's I call him yard longs. You know, because the average the average newspaper piece is just a few inches, and and each sentence is made into a paragraph. Well, this is a longer piece. They devote to that when there's when there's something they want to get out there and make a few more points. Well, no, in there, nowhere in there does does he put the thing in context so the reader can understand what interracial rape is really all about. And nowhere in there is there any background. And I understand it could be hard to come up with. Is there any background on this stripper and what her deal is? How do you know she hasn't been a practicing prostitute in the past? How do you know she isn't one today? Mm-hmm. I mean that that's highly germane to this. But you know when they're whites. They're blacks. Every extenuating, every extenuation is laid out there immediately and, and bullhorned into your consciousness. When it's whites, they're just assumed to be guilty. And the ESPN deliberately adds to this uh, environment. I, I de- detest ESPN. And ESPN is all—it's a bunch of uh, Jews up in Connecticut, is what it is. Yeah, they have—they have about 50% of their their people on camera are, are non-Jews, but that's only because they use professional athletes for their fame to attract ratings. But I mean, all their production assistants and and their their producers and their whole line of people. I mean, that's got to be at least fifty percent Jews at ESPN, and the mentality is a hundred percent Jew. So, um, you know that going in, they're just another liberal media outlet. But they do what they do well technically, and they are one of the dominant influences in, in our country. And uh, we'll we'll just see how they play this. Right, I, I'm. In, I'll be keeping an eye on this as well. I, I think uh, either they'll bury it or they'll use. Well, they'll use it for all it's worth. And uh, like you said, even if they're wrong, they were raising awareness. Well, if if the whites get off, there's no punishment. The the impression will be that these whites raped this nigger and got away with it. And you know, we have so many things in this society. Evil white men run our society, and they're messing everything up for the rest of us. And this just plays into that. And then these idiots, oh, evil corporate white America, ooh, evil rich old boys network. And the fact is, if someone uh, corrected me on BNN, like, look, Duke isn't even seen as an Aryan frat boy. It's seen as, like, in the South, a bunch of Yankees and Jews uh, are the white men. But they won't portray it that way, I'm quite sure, <laughs> as, as the, the type of whites who attend Duke. And, uh, um, hey, if they if they did rape her, then, you know, I guess I would put it the other way. If you had a, if it's kind of similar to the Kobe Bryant thing, you know, where the woman, well, gee, she's accusing Bryant of rape, but you know, you've got sperm from multiple suppliers crawling around her underwear, you know. So, 
it, you kind of get to a point where you got to question the character of the woman in question. But of course, this being a nigger, why, no doubt she's a sterling character. Mm. In fact, she'd yeah, well, probably be going to Duke herself if it wasn't for a racist system that consigned women to inferior North Carolina schools. It made them the yeah. sexual playthings of evil white males in between their lacrosse bouts. You know, but but I, I say parenthetically, I'm sure that the average lacrosse players are pretty much of a dickhead. It's probably like water polo and uh, and uh, water polo, tennis, soccer uh, uh, tend to attract asshole types. That's you know, just my even, own personal bias based on yeah. based on. And, and I mean, I, I was very much into sports and played myself, but but uh, those those sports tend to attract asshole types. And mm. I can see there could have been quite a raucous party. And I, I, it's possible they're guilty. And if yeah, well, so, they even had to, so, they had to be a, fine for bestiality, but yeah, but, uh, ex- exactly. You know, the, the, Aryan, the Aryan in me says, first establish the facts, cut the female emotional Judaic bullshit out of it, and establish the facts. And the fact is, the facts are hard to establish in something in a, in a rape case like this. Yeah, well, as a subscriber to the dual code, even if it was the worst case scenario, what is more uh, beneficial to society. What's good for whites? Yes. This? Do, do I give a shit? We get the facts about racial crime out there. Again, yes. exactly. and the fact that blacks frequently use allegations of rape to advance their own agenda, as in Tawana Brawley, which right. thanks to the Jews, even today people assume, people don't remember the lesson was that she was a lying cunt. They still continue to promote Al Sharpton, who... who Melodiously accused whites of gang raping his uh, his buddy Tawana Brawley, you know, and he's still considered a respectable national figure. Whereas, you know, David Duke is considered something to shit on. And you, there's not there's literally and think about it. There's literally nothing you can do to discredit yourself in the eyes of the Jews running this country if you're a black man going after whites. You can literally murder people and, and there's no problem with it. You can make bogus accusations of rape and there's no problem. You're a hero. The only thing you can do that will lower your, that will disgrace you in Jewish eyes is to criticize the Jews. It's the only thing you can do, and then you'll be treated like Farrakhan. You're you're evil because you criticize Jews. And and uh, um, I hope you listen to Goyfire understand that. And let let me point out that I mean there's just it's very dangerous. We've seen elsewhere today that the Jews owning the media creates this context in which. You have to be very careful about what you do because mass understanding is predicated on falsehoods. And this ramifies in a number of ways. And one of those is, hey, wait, uh, maybe this was some sexual indiscretion or whatever, but it can be trebly amplified and have the very nature of it, the meaning of it changed uh, when, when the Jews report it. So that you, you have no safeguards left at all because the media is run by people who, who basically they're they're they control our sense organs and they tell us everything that we don't know directly and personally we learn through it only comes to us through Jewish newspapers or Jewish television and this conditions everyone's understanding of what's going on in the world most people are not reflective they're repetitive they just they hear something and it, it they like it they repeat it and they think it's their own and and all they know they got from Jews and this is extremely dangerous to, to average ordinary white people and we are the counter to that. We're trying to counter that by getting the truth out about what's happening. And we want you to join with us in whatever capacity you can. We need you. That's all I have to say about that other than let's, let's just wait and see what happens. But we will continue to watch how it's played. We will continue to report on it on VNN. GoVNN.com, Vanguard News Network. 
our original site. And uh, follow there, and you can you can throw in your comments as well. And we'll uh, I'll create a little thread for this Goy fire. In fact, on our on our we'll talk about that in a minute. How we revamped some of our things at VNN uh, in in the last month since we last talked to you. And yeah. This is our thirtieth show, as he just said. But but right. we had but that, that's not the end of the the, the nigger behavior we want to discuss. Yeah. So on the other side of the pond, we have the Nigerian government. Anxious to avoid repeat a repeat of riots that marked a solar eclipse in 2001, warn citizens they may suffer psychological discomfort during a new eclipse this month, but urge them not to panic. Information Minister Frank Nuwiki said an eclipse five years ago caused riots in northern Borneo state because people did not know why it happened. Quote, some people even felt some evil people in their communities were responsible for the eclipse, he said in a statement on Thursday aimed at reassuring Nigerians that the eclipse is expected to darken parts of the country on March 29th. The eclipse is not expected to have any real damaging effect. Only social and psychological discomforts are envisioned, Nowicki said. He did not explain what the discomforts might be. That's niggers for you. You know, I, I, I have relatives who, uh, uh, I got a relative who won't even eat. Uh, and my, my relative, my dad's uh, generation, uh, four brothers, they grew up here in rural Missouri and they, you know, they lived a. They didn't grow up on a farm, but my people on that side, the Linders, were a lot of them were farmers, and my grandmother and grandfather was kind of their first generation uh, more moving to town, such as it is in the little seventeen thousand bird here in Kirksville. And and you know they had all they they grew up you know, slaughtering their own pigs and, and rendering them and, and all that kind of stuff. But I got one relative who won't even eat turkeys because he worked in a turkey farm. And what they'll tell you is, like, turkeys when, are so dumb. They're almost as dumb as niggers. I mean, if a plane flies over, they get freaked, and they all run to the corner and pile up on each other and literally kill the ones underneath. And are niggers any smarter than that? No, not really. I mean, <laughs> the moon is clouded, and Mbutu freaks out. You know, they, they go nuts. I mean, they're just dumb. And the, the thing is... Blacks are dumber than whites, and there's no way to change that. And it has huge ramifications. And when you can't talk about it the media, because the media is owned by Jews, and Jews are mixing blacks in with whites to destroy whites and make America easier to digest for Jews, then you've got problems, very serious problems. And everything black, every black failure can only be attributed to white malevolence. White racism explains every problem the black community faces. This is what the Jews have taught the blacks to believe, and they've taught the whites to believe it too. They encourage the whites to feel guilty. And uh, um, we destroy ourselves in this insane attempt to make up to them what we aren't responsible for in the first place. We elevated them when we brought them here. We taught them pants, as I like to put it. We had to make tail holes. You know, but but you know, we taught them how to wear pants. We taught them indoor plumbing, running water, shoes, <laughs> shoes, yes, watermelons. 
available for all at any time hats. of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Straw hats. Do rag. Look at what <laughs> we we gave them essentially everything. And and even in Africa actually one interesting thing about blacks is uh they find this in studies is that they really truly believe in their hearts they know that they are not equal to whites in, in beauty or brains. And in Africa, many of them freely admit that, and they would have no problem with the whites ruling over them and employing them. Uh, and in fact, that's what happened in South Africa in, in Rhodesia, is the whites built an infrastructure that attracted blacks that were not there in the first place. Because, oh gee, finally someone showed up who knows what they're doing in this sorry continent. So the blacks flocked there, and then over time... Uh, you know, the Just like the Mexicans, were, yeah. Yeah, that that forced the whites to devise policies to uh, uh, not precisely separate the races, but to, to to preserve the white superiority legally, so that the blacks couldn't destroy it. You know, you don't, you know, you know, if there's you and a, a room full of retarded children, you, you don't want to be taking a democratic vote on what you're going to do. You, know, <laughs> you, you want to be the guy running the show. You know, if you're in the insane asylum. Mm-hmm. Or the Tard Asylum, or the Tard House. You, you want to, you, you, the, the competent adult, want to be the one in charge, not, not the room full of kindergartens. That, that's all that apartheid is. And, and, but, but at the same time, so the whites devised, you know, the apartheid. They devised the, the, the segregation that, that works, that protects the white people and allows the blacks to benefit from living around them by having jobs. But, of course, the Jews control the global mass media, and they use to portray this, oh, we must talk about majority rights, majority rights. Jews talk about majority rights everywhere coloreds are the majority, but where whites are the majority, they, they emphasize minority rights, right? Mm-hmm. Special and, treatment. And, right, and now they're all happy. They're all, oh, whites are going to be the minority in America in 50 years. Well, you, the minute whites are the majority, you aren't going to hear anything about... Uh, and you already see this in L.A., and you see it in, in Southern California and Texas. Where the minute whites aren't the majority, all you hear about is, oh, Latinos are the future. Latinos are the future. Society must be changed to reflect that. You know, values, you know, and, and, well, why can't my society protect my values when I'm the majority? Well, it doesn't work like that. You know, see, whites, the Jew is your enemy, white man. That's, that's all we're really saying. The, the Jew is your enemy, and he's destroying you. And these are, we're describing the ways that he does this. And believe me, the, the, the coloreds are not, there's not enough brain power in the black community to pose a threat to, to organized whites. They're just a street-level violent threat to us that we can take care of if we control our own countries. But we don't. The Jews control them. And, and they sort of look like us, and they hide behind the scenes. They don't like to show, the, show their face so much. And, and, and they manipulate us. They manipulate our emotions. They manipulate facts in their media reports so that you get a reverse picture of what's going on. They try to inculcate guilt in you to destroy you. And it's very effective. It is destroying us. And we are, we are the rise of people who are not content with conservative remonstrating fake opposition, but mean to destroy them. We are the gun in the gunfight. Well, I thought uh, you, yeah, you, rec- yeah. you recently uh, wrote something from the Missouri Conservationists. Uh, on VNN's uh, front mm-hmm. page, VNM.com, and I thought it was just so clear how they describe these exotic 
species encroaching on native habitat and uh, that some yeah. species were, were inherently better than others. Mm -hmm. uh, the clawed African frog was to be removed from native habitat because it was etching out the biodiversity. Well, the yeah, they... they this Missouri Conservationist is a state uh, state magazine, and, and Missouri is one of the leaders in this area, and they just routinely, every issue, I found three or four issues in, in the March issue, I found three or four examples of them uh, expressing concern about non-native, i.e. exotic species driving out uh, native local species. This is a big concern for everything except humans. And, and this is what's so funny. I mean, no one can see this. Like, why don't you talk about Mexicans that way? Mexicans are displacing inferior exotic species called Mexican is driving out white people. That's exactly what's going on. Humans are subject yeah. to the same laws of biology that every other species is. It doesn't matter what Christian fools tell you. Human, pe human beings are species like every other. 99.9% .9 of the species that ever existed are extinct. White people can go extinct just like the rest of them. But so can Jews and so can niggers. Right. Our living space is our habitat. And uh, in places yeah. where there is diversity, there's more or less genocide. And at some point, there's no whites around anymore. Go to the, the inner cities. Uh, it's just a desert for a white person yeah. because yeah. there's no commonality. There's You can't even speak your language with them. And ages biologically subspecies, that is subdivisions of the same species, cannot live in the same area and get along. One drives out the other every single time. So it's a zero-sum game. No, diversity is not a strength. Diversity is a cover story for the invaders. And the cover story is provided these invaders by the Jews who control our sense organs, i.e. the mass media, i.e. what everybody thinks they know, or even if they're smart enough to see through that, thinks that their neighbor believes, even though their neighbor really doesn't believe that. Their neighbor believes exactly what I'm saying, that whites ought to protect themselves. Whites don't want these invading species because they recommend that it does, as Aja says, it destroys our habitat. Mexicans are shit people. They are weeds invading our Germanic, Northern European, carefully uh, built up and, and protected and nurtured garden. They're just fucking useless weeds that drift through and destroy things. Nothing gets yeah, better by adding millions and millions and millions of Mexicans, except yeah, Jew Jewish political interests. Yeah, there was a commentator on the forum. He said, uh, they're not fighting for the land. They're fighting for the civilization on top of the land, the, the highway infrastructure, the buildings, all the things we built. That's what they want. Uh, because yeah. they themselves are not capable of creating that. If they, if they were, Mexico would be a paradise, and we would be yeah. trying to get in there. And this, and Aegis, let me make a point there, because uh, uh, there's a tendency in white nationalists that these people even divorce themselves from us because they say, oh, Linda, you're too vicious or violent, or you're, you're, you use too many obscenities or curse words. We have to be positive and let a wave of positive love of our creativity sweep over the nation and, and this is wrong I mean the the uh, we have to focus on on largely on the negative and the fact is that uh, uh, <coughs> I lost my train of thought there for a second but these people will tend to oh we're not supremacists like the Jews say in their media we're separatists we want to be separate that's great but see 
the inferior has no interest in segregating itself from the superior. It has every interest in mixing with it. So you're kidding yourself when you say, when you say that you're not a supremacist. We want to be separate from niggers and Mexicans because we build things, as Aja says, that are great and wonderful that they can't build for themselves. That's why they want to mix with us because we have something that they don't. They have nothing that we don't. They have nothing that we want. We get nothing from our association with Mexicans. We get nothing from our association with blacks. We get nothing from our association with Jews. In fact, all that we get from those groups is negative. Every single thing we get from them is a positive negative. We get rape from the blacks. We get undercut wages from the Mexicans. And we get lies from the Jews. And those are, those are the GDP of those sorry groups. And what we get from ourselves, you know, what we get from ourselves is, is beauty from the women, brains from the men, civility and decorum from most. If, if the fucking infrastructure weren't Judaized and all we heard was, was ghetto, ghetto celebration of ghetto crap, uh, uh, ubiquitous, that's what we would have. And, and that's, uh, that's what we have to get back to and recognize it's a racial struggle. And they yeah, want right. to take what we have. They don't want to be segregated from us like some of these foolish white nationalists say. They want to mix with us. They want, to, Yeah, they want to live in clumps, but live in clumps among us where they can take our benefits, where they can send their, uh, their bastard-producing women to our hospital and force us to pay for it. Yeah, they live in little area, and then they can, they can attack our men in the street, get us to pay for them. Of course, they want the best of both worlds. It's good for yeah. Mexicans. They can have their cake and eat it, too. Mm-hmm. And who wouldn't want to have that uh, or be in their position to do that? Um, sure. But, right. But, yeah, I, I just I couldn't get over the cool clarity with which these conservationists were able to describe sure. the, the situation and in a very clear, rational way and, and, um, and the parallels between our, our anthropological uh, or anthro- situation uh, the, 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 that we find ourselves in that a lot of people call politics but could be looked at in more or less the same way. Oh, it, it, it's exactly the same thing. It's, it's just another, like I say, humans are animals. They fall into, into subspecies. The subspecies fight for space and one wins and one loses. And this happens all the time. I mean, the, the examples in the article, which is on BNN, you can read and make your own comments now that we're on a blog, uh, blog software that allows commenting. But, uh, you know, they'll say, look, purple martins are desirable species of bird for a number of reasons, and they're being, they're, they're being, their numbers are greatly down because they're being driven out by European starlings and English house sparrows, or English sparrows. And they say, what, what can we do to restore their habitat and preserve them and increase their numbers? And it's just open and shut. The, these are, this species is more desirable than these other species. How do we save it and preserve it? Quail's another one. Or they'll say, this type of nasty weed grass is driving out our good local plants. And it's just open and shut. It's the same with people. I mean, there's quality differences. Whites are better than blacks and Mexicans. We don't want them around. We don't need them around. They're just a problem. They add nothing. Get rid of them. That simple. It's not complex stuff. A lot of these people, the conservatives especially, especially intelligent conservatives, want, want to make everything in a perpetual battle of footnotes. Now we've got to prove this. But you don't... I mean, this stuff is instinctive. It's it's merely backed up by the facts and reasons. Once you've seen, when you look in a Mexican's face or in a nigger's face, 
you see why you don't want them around. Now our, com our case is no more complex than that. We don't want to live around these people. They're not us. They live a different way. They just want to use us and kill us. We don't need them. They're dangerous yeah. to us. Well, we have here also uh, another African tale. Uh, Mugabe criticizes whites as supremacists. Zimbabwe President Robert Mugabe criticized his nation's tiny white community Friday, saying few were repentant of colonial-era injustices against blacks or had integrated with blacks. Mugabe said he and veterans of the guerrilla war that ended white rule and led to independence in 1980 were determined to fight to the end unrepentant whites who still believed in the supremacy of their race. Quote, yeah. white, white supremacists refused to accept the equality of mankind. Mugabe told mourners at the state funeral of Assistant Police Commissioner Winston Changara, a former fighter in the Independence War who died in the air on Monday. Well, what the white man can take from this story is that in the 25 years since Zimbabwe was liberated and renamed from Rhodesia, which was a, a really brilliant wonderful colony created by uh, some of the most vigorous British people is that in 25 years, 90% of the whites have been driven out so that there used to be a quarter million whites in uh, who, who constituted the real Rhodesia. Today there's about twenty-five to 30,000 whites left. So 90% have been driven out and the nigger in charge of Zimbabwe is starving his own people to death, and he's still blaming the white man. So, look, when there are zero white men left because they've gone extinct, if we were to lose the war, they will still be blaming us. They'll still be hating us. They'll still be blaming racism for their own problems. So, white man, my point is, it never gets better. There's no natural ending point to the political struggle we describe here in Goyfire. Save your extinction. Save the ending on earth of your kind. Do you understand that? If you don't understand that, then you're a conservative. You're an idiot who thinks that, oh, it's a matter of up and down. Right now, the blacks are a little bit up, but they'll go down. No. Demographically, over time, these niggers spread, and what happened in Zimbabwe happens in South Africa, happens in Australia, and will happen in your area. It already has happened. Whites have had to move time after time to get away from the Zimbabweization of major American cities. Niggers take something over, they niggerize it. It sucks. It's no good any longer. I mean, the definition of something being a failure is, is having blacks around, having blacks at, at the top of it. And this stuff is celebrated by the Jews who control our media because it destroys us. That's how vicious-minded and hateful the Jews are. They will advance their interest, and, and our genocide is in their interest. They won't tell right. you that, but that's the truth. They're trying right. to push for our genocide. These yeah. Jews, these Jews who write damn near everything that you read and hear outside of this show and on our websites. And, yeah. and, and well, Zimbabwe used to be a hell of a place. We had an article in number two written by a guy whose uh, brother-in-law uh, had a farm seized from him. He had something like 7,000 acres and it was loaded with good commercial crops and he had room for uh, giraffes and, and rhinoceroses to run free and, and just a hell of a beautiful thing. Well, the niggers take it over and destroy it. Niggers can't run a farm. I mean, 
How are they going to run a country or city when they can't run a goddamn farm? They're niggers. They're useless. They're subhuman. They're not on our yeah. level. Right. And we got well, this nigger talking equality. I mean, this nigger was educated. Mudgabi was educated in the West. And, and see, that's the thing. You're never going to, like the Republicans, you know, how come he's, you, you educate these niggers, so-called, the, the, the percentage, the tiny percentage that's capable of being educated, they just hate you all the more is all, all that that means. And he goes back there and he's blaming whites because his people are starving because he, he stole the land from all the white farmers. Man, don't ever cede any political power or, or uh, don't ever cede any political power to blacks, ever, anywhere. It's just a recipe for your own extinction. They have no moral legitimacy. They're just a race of human weeds. Human-shaped weeds is all they are. And they threaten our garden. Right. Any any acceding to them of power or moral authority is pure decadence on the part of the whites that do it's so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's pure weakness. folly for for their kind and anyone and, around them. And there's a there's a subsidiary point to be made there, as I've printed on the site, um, book by a guy named Daniel Root, R O O D T, about South Africa and how the cleric. These guys of defective character who end up leading these democratic nations because democracy favors the able liar. The compromise. The compromiser and the liar, right? So these guys, to curry favor and make themselves look good in the eyes of the international press, read the Jew-owned, Jew-controlled, Jew-manipulated press, sell out their own country. You know, oh, okay, I guess we got to go democratic now since the Jew is putting pressure on us. Let the nigger vote. Now the nigger comes in, takes all the power, kills off all the farmers, and forces a tiny remnant of, of, of whites to work essentially as intellectual slaves in a Planet of the Apes scenario. And then the lower class whites are left to starve to death or die or drift off somewhere else that will become just like that place in a few more years. That's what's going on. Whites need to take power as whites. If, you're not, if you take power and you're not conscious of being white, then you're just in a transitional period until the Jews are able to uproot you. As we saw in America, it just took a couple of decades and the Jews owned all the opinion-forming organs and they used it to murder the white race in America. And, you know, people are just so dumb they can't connect cause and effect because of the decades of Jewish media and the dumbing down of the public school system. But what we describe happening in Zimbabwe is what will happen in America tomorrow. And, in fact, has already happened in major American cities today. Now, look at, look at D.C. You know, it's run by a monkey who's no better or worse than, than Mugabe. I mean, he smokes crack and the, the niggers of D.C. re-elect him because he bashes whites and claims they're to blame for, for Congress, for uh, D.C.'s problems. Same thing in Detroit. They're a bunch of corrupt niggers. They're no, they're no better or worse or different from Mugabe in Zimbabwe. And if, if they controlled all of America and the racial percentages were the same here as there, then people here would be starving. So right, white well, man, you got to take power as a white man and defend it as a white man, and you're perfectly justified. Yeah, well, that's the great thing about being truly informed about the world. Uh, the world is a big place, and here we have a small nation, very successful with all the resources, that succumbed to this ridiculous moralizing argument that, that whites are to atone for blacks and, and to succeed or, or give power to them to rule over whites. And we see within a span of 20 years what the result is. Uh, the, they go the from writing, first world to third world in, in literally 20 years. 
Exactly. And even in addition to that, we have a podcast uh, called Paradise Lost, which is a podcaster mm -hmm. who was a Zimbabwean, uh, and he talks to other Zimbabwe white Zimbabweans and, and about the situation there and what, what was lost, the, the irretrievable society, culture, traditions that were lost. And um, you can hear firsthand the people uh, you know, living in Zimbabwe, the white people, and, and what type of terror and uh, they're living under uh, and uh, the difficulties they have with inflation and and police agencies and just yeah. uh, anarcho tyranny. You can find that at sunlitheights.com, the all-star blog of VNN. And uh, actually, one of the Zimbabwe news there's a there's a Zimbabwe news blog, uh, and he he saw that we linked to the Paradise Lost podcast, and he actually left a comment. Uh, uh, I could yeah. read it off here. Yeah, let me just find it. There's just so much to learn from Zimbabwe, and if Americans don't think the same process is happening here, uh, they just need to go into the major cities and, and, and contemplate what white flight really is uh, in this country. And uh, the only point to add to that is that this is an expat, a white expat from Zimbabwe who's uh, giving you a good first-hand first-hand account, but also it's more or less illegal to say that stuff in Zimbabwe because when blacks take power, they forbid criticism, just the way blacks in the U.S. try to forbid criticism. I think we mentioned last Goy Fire that the nigger advancement of NAACP, the nigger advancement party down in southern Missouri, wants to try to ban our distributing our TAA paper on the grounds that, you know, one showed up in some mixed-race couple's yard. So nigger, by nature, by nature, they do not allow criticism of themselves. They will ban it wherever they can. And so that's what you're reduced to as a guy, an expatriate, producing media and podcasts on the web. And, hell, even if he's in Britain now, maybe he'll get busted for crime for, for talking about the reality in Britain where it's also illegal. But uh, this is the world we live in. Right, he says here this uh, one is, Hi, I'm glad you picked up on Paradise Lost. I know the time that the host takes to produce is well worth it. I used to do a five-minute news spot on the podcast, but this has now grown up into something else, a Zimbabwe news update available through the links right on the right-hand mm -hmm. side of my blog. Thanks for passing on the word. Uh, the more people that realize the truth on the ground in Zimbabwe, the better regards Mandabuhu. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, be that as it may, this brings us to our sixth uh, subject of discussion tonight. Uh, VNN, VNN blogging uh, by White, uh, the, the various projects at VNN. Uh, Alex, maybe you could just give us a brief rundown. Okay, we've, we've made some changes at VNN since uh, about a month ago when we did our last show. And what we've done is move we've uh, moved the main site onto some blog software so that we could primarily for archiving so that every, we don't lose any material. And secondarily to allow people to make comments uh, on the stories that we put on the front page. We've also created a formal blog that uh, is a little bit politer but exactly the same content 
That's at sunlitheights.com, S-U-N-L-I-T-H-E-I-G-H-T-S.com. That's kind of, as Aja said, an all-star blog. of some of the best white nationalist writers contributing items. And uh, the front page, as usual, is, is mostly me. And then, uh, and of course, I pick up uh, good articles from people uh, like Ed Steele and other white nationalist writers and put them on there, and you can talk about them. As well, we've got our forum, bnnforum.com. Continues that as it always has. Uh, we're still working on, on uh, TA number four, our fourth newspaper, and we created a little store called uh, BuyWhite.net where we're going to sell different uh, literature and, and some clothes and stuff related to uh, our struggle. And uh, um, we encourage you. Uh, our host is uh, Cable Bay, CableBayInternet.com. You can find their ads on our letters page, and also on a banner in our forum. We encourage you to use them if you're looking for a host that is supports true free speech, which most free speech hosts do not. When they're pressured, they uh, they pull the plug on the people on their page. CableBayInternet.com will not do that. They also offer a, a service up to a full server. So consider them and check them out. Uh, as we said, uh, Byron Joe's Line in the Sand, uh, which I have a little bit of a role in, is, uh, and more prominently Kevin McDonald explaining the Jewish connection to our immigration woes. Uh, is now available as a free download, and you can find that discussed uh, at uh, uh, Sunlit Heights, the blog. There's an entry on that. And uh, Yggdrasil now owns that film, and he's putting it out free, so you can download it yourself and, over the Internet. And uh, I think that's about it. Stan, maybe you can give us a little heads up. I know you relocated recently, and how are things yeah. looking on the radio front? Uh, relocated the studio, uh, and everything's set up and running. The live feed is back up. Uh, although we have been running canned stuff for now. Um, but there are new shows coming up. Uh, Peter Shank uh, has been on hiatus in Los Angeles on Family Business, but he is expected back shortly. Uh, we do have some new shows coming along. Um, I'm going to be doing a, a New Jersey roundup uh, with New Jersey news. As most people are aware, New Jersey is full of Jews, um, manipulating everything, um, and uh, our Mexican population is exploding here. Um, there's, yeah. as you can hear in the background, maybe there's a siren going off. That's uh, a usual every 15-minute occurrence anymore. Um, yeah. So there's there's lots of news to report, and a lot of it. Uh, uh, contributes to to the nation because mm-hmm. many of the uh, traitorous politicians that are making national policy are uh, centered in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It's the belly of the beast. It is. Yeah. Hey, Stan. I wanted to mention one other thing too. Is a, a guy took advantage of or, or took to heart what I said about creating a local alternative. I don't know if I mentioned this in Goyfire or not, but what you can do with this blogware is create essentially it allows you to jujitsu your local media. And just as politics is local, media is local too. You will never find out about most of what happens in your community through the local paper because it's based in advertising from a lot of the big wigs and it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt any anyone that might threaten its revenue stream. Right. What you do is you create one of these local blogs that allows comments, pass the URL around to local lawyers, know where the bodies are buried, and you've got your own instant way to uh create kind of a uh true local media that can band together with other local media blogs and and you can eventually if you get enough eyes coming to your site you can create a forum where people discuss what's actually going on 
I saw this extremely powerfully in the KTVO uh, blog for Kirksville that they, they ended up pulling the plug on it, but it was fascinating because they talked about a lot of the scandals that you'd never hear about in the local paper or on the local news. Right. And this guy's is like Freeport Uncovered, I think, is, 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 is what it is. We haven't entered it, uh, Sunlit Heights, if you search under that term. But uh, there's no reason that ev- everybody everybody can essentially do that themselves because the uh, the software to do it is free and it's pretty easy to set up. And I know that uh, Cable Bay, for one, can help you uh, set such a thing up if you have an interest in doing that. Right. And it all kind of feeds together, and, and, and with VNN is kind of our overall national or global coverage. Right. Uh, we need it, this more is a way to build an alternative structure to what the Jews have, which is a bunch of lies. Exactly. Right. We, we need more decentralized information sharing at a grassroots level. Uh, and there's no way to get it otherwise, either. Yeah, white people informing other white people and uh, people just keeping up on things and, and acting uh, uh, on account of that information. All right, well, I guess uh, we've, we've covered a lot. Uh, we have uh, covered all the points we wanted to make. Uh, R- L-Mail, we'll have to get back to that at some point. We, we are collecting it at the moment. Um, uh, so send in your comments to info at goyfire.com or your topic ideas. Uh, sometimes we get a lot of our topic ideas from our listeners, so stay active. Send us an email at info at goyfire.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, send us your support. Uh, become a poster at vnnforum.com. Yeah, and, let's just uh, say, uh, Aegis, uh, Craig's on the road again still, uh, but I, I'm hoping now that, now that we're resettled, we're gonna be doing this at least weekly again. So we'll, I know a lot of you've been writing me and you want to hear more Goy Fire as well. We'll do what we can to, uh, to keep them coming. And, uh, right. But yeah, but Craig will be back as, as soon as he, he can. I don't know when that will be, but, but, uh, that's the reason he's not on. Mm-hmm. Right. He is traveling. He's not really in he's his, on the road. Uh, yeah, he is on the road, and, and when we say Craig's on the road, <laughs> we mean it. <laughs> Craig's all over the place. He gets high mileage. Thanks for listening. We are the good guys. We are. And um, until next time, America, this is Aegis wishing you the best of goodbyes. Goy Fire is a production of Vanguard News Network Broadcasting. The Aryan Alternative, news and views for whites you won't find anywhere else. The Aryan Alternative is a print publication of uncensored news for whites. Be the first in your neighborhood to distribute news without the Jews by ordering 100 copies for $12 through the Vanguard News Network. Visit GoVNN.com for ordering information. The Aryan Alternative and the Vanguard News Network. No Jews, just right. The problem is for the next generation. That's when the hurt's going to come by. Let's kick that wing on the ass. Come on. Let's go. He's burning. You know that? They're taking over, and, and you're a racist pig if you resist. Go back to Europe. It's a war. I'm a painter. In the last two years, I started buying guns. You know, 
make anything better by adding 30 million Mexicans to it, do you? I'm not going to sit by on my couch and get fat while my country disappears. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to hear from the founder of the Minuteman Project? I'm going, to, I'm going to show you an armed vigilante right here. These are our weapons. The, the reforms in immigration that have completely altered this country had been the result, really, of elite um, sentiment and, and, frankly, you know, ethnic interest group lobbying and so on. The Democratic Party sees massive immigration, both legal and illegal, as a source of voters. On the other side, the Republican Party sees massive immigration, both legal and illegal, as a source of cheap labor. There is absolutely no immigration law enforcement which means we have no borders, which means we have no nation. We don't choose this border, again, as the line in the sand, to our own government about what we, the people, demand and what we expect from the government, you know, uh, then uh, you might as well just check it in and make sure there's something good on TV every night and stay out of their way. Don't do anything wrong, because you won't stand a chance. The United States government has refused to effectively protect the southern border with Mexico for 40 years. Average American citizens are now banding together to stand up against a government they feel no longer represents their interests. October Sun Films presents The Line in the Sand, a documentary by Byron Jost. Visit octobersunfilms.com for more information. You're listening to Vanguard Radio.